Welcome, welcome, Vibe Tribe, to another Wednesday night of hype and hot gnosis. We've got Slick Dissident here, as always, and the Placenta Sensei himself, Curtis R. <laughs> Colin Bach. <laughs> Curtis R. Period Colin Bach. Curtis R. Period Colin Bach. I got it yeah, in the, you know, the text title. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. That period's important, let me tell you. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, tell us about that. Why is that? Well, let's just jump right in. I know that you'll never run out of steam, so we can just go for it. <laughs> the, the, the period. I, now, I did an entire podcast on on that period. Believe it or not, um, people don't realize is, is, is that. I mean, if I said Curtis Richard Collenbach or Curtis R. Collenbach without the period, there would be a middle initial or a middle name. But the period itself defines a left and a right rather than a, a left, center, and right. So the period actually ends, it defines uh, two different positions rather than three. Um, it also is a dot, and through their, their magic or their symbolism, that dot represents the dowry or the uh, pellucid membrane of mom, the gift from mom. So when you look at it, Curtis is my body, my biology, Richard, the spirit or the breath, the period, which R can actually represent Richard, with the period has the body and the breath as a living being. And it separates the living being, Curtis, Richard, or the body and the breath from the fictional uh, industrial property or, or known as Kallenbach. So the living and the dead are separate by using the period. You can't mix the living and the dead is what I'm saying. So you can't mix fiction actually, with reality. You, yeah, right. you can't mix fiction with reality. It's that simple. Yeah. Baudrillard called that hyper reality. And it's why so many people are convinced that the world is a simulation because they're mixing fiction with their reality. Well, it depends. You have to define world. I mean, because their world, that world, that biblical realm or whatever you want to say, it, it is a fiction. It is in the mind only. But I mean, I'm looking at some some rabbits running across my backyard. They could give a rat's ass about the fiction. They don't they don't have any concept of the fiction. So reality and, and, and those fictional realms of those ideas, they they don't have to uh they they don't have to affect you. Put it that way. They don't have to affect you. You just have to stop playing. Well, Gabe, uh, buddy, I'm going to really lean into your questions and responses, man, if you're cool with that, because I know you've taken Kurt's work inspired by it and run to far places that nobody ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, uh, well, I I just want to commend you, Kurt. I know we've we've spoken before uh, quite a while ago, and your work has gone to whole new levels, man. You have, you have really developed this concept in a beautiful way, and I just want to compliment you uh, because it's it's brought a light into my world that uh, that'll never go out. I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I I gotta say I gotta say after fourteen years, it's I, I finally have a smile on my face. <laughs> I, I really because of of you guys uh, when people start to see what what I've been talking about it makes it all worthwhile the first 8 or 9 years were hell but right now it's it's absolutely fantastic so thank nice. you i appreciate it yeah. uh do you like my avatar <laughs> do you, do you like my avatar do you see the uh the lamb oh, on the shoulders wow yes 
It's Aries. Yeah, that's from, the Amnion. Yeah, that, what's really that's me. That's the people carrying the past. That's the people carrying the Amnion. What's really weird is um, if you're familiar with any of Robert A. Period Heinlein's work, the Puppet Masters, um, when he describes the alien riding between the shoulders or at the base of the skull, he's actually describing almost to the the T the placenta. Wow. I mean, he describes the alien riding, riding that person. And when he describes the alien, um, he's describing a placenta. Unbelievable. Robert Heinlein. Yeah. And we, we come through all kinds of pop culture and uh, <laughs> fictional narratives and find placenta under every rock. It seems to be practically the only allegory in town. <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, yeah, let's talk about your new book, Kurt. Uh, let people know where to get it. <clears throat> the book itself um, is a I, I call it a, a, a Pacific transcription um, as a pacifist. It is a transcription of a podcast that Linda and I did uh, maybe the October. No, maybe August of 2022. After that call, I listened to that call and I said, holy shit, um, everything that that will cancel this this fictional narrative, every, everything's in that call. So I, I sent it off to have it transcribed and I read it and I went, this has to be published now. So Darwin Meets God, the book that I, I actually sent to the publisher, I put that on the back burner and said, I want this one published right now because this one's going to be a tool that can be used in court cases to, to terminate the, the fictional realm itself. So what, what that you're, the book you're referring to now is called right of way, um, a Pacific transcription and just the front and back cover alone is enough to terminate most cases around the world because the front cover is the answer to the global cancer and the back cover actually shows the, the, the crime itself. Um, it's, it, the back cover is so amazing. Have you guys seen the back cover? Uh, I, 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 I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to find, uh, uh, an illustration or something for you. No, I got I'll it, send it to you because the back, you, you got that. Yeah. Here yeah. That go. back cover is amazing. <laughs> yeah. You, you got the, the cut, um, the, the cut umbilical cord. And and you have that white chalk outline of the missing man, and that's the crime scene. the The man goes missing, presumed dead, and then they give a birth certificate to the remains, the human remains, to that gives rise to a decedent estate, and th- and that biology that's left behind becomes the trust res of the in God we trust. So I mean, everybody claiming a birthday is actually claiming that that human remains um, fictional position that trust res, and the man goes missing forever. So, yeah, that back cover is evidence of the crime. It's evidence of the mayhem. So, thank, thank you for posting that. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm having that, fun that, now. I'm, I'm really having fun now. So That kind of looks like the, uh, the rock at the temple, too. It's, I don't know if, there, if that was intentional, but it kind of has the same shape of the rock at the temple in, uh, in Jerusalem. Oh, I, I, you know what? And that's what people don't realize is that the rock, the concept of the rock, you know, St. Peter saying upon this rock, um, Plymouth rock, the, the, the rock itself is the placenta. In fact, if you look up stone or rock in, in Webster's, it actually says 
threshold. Um, it's a threshold and that, that's the difference. I mean, knowing these words is, is how I got where I got. And people just have to understand it's this, this is easy. This is really easy when you get all the way there and we, we can end this thing right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's so much meaning to all those words. The threshold is like one of the most meaningfully meaningful, rich terms I've ever learned. Uh, it's, it's so fascinating. And it's interesting. You said the answer to the cancer, you know, uh, something that I discovered recently, I'm pretty excited about was, you know, the, uh, the painting of, uh, Socrates where he's, uh, reaching for the cup of hemlock and, and he's got one finger yeah. to the sky. It's a very famous painting. That's actually, uh, that's actually a cosmodrama. That painting, it, uh, it fits into the sky, into the zodiac perfectly, and um, and Socrates is the he's Cancer, he's the station of can <laughs> of Cancer, which some, yeah, which some people call they uh, some people call that the uh, the keystone, uh, and some people believe that's the the sign that souls come into the realm. Uh, but he's always in questioning. He's the he's the ass king. And then you've brought forward the answer. So you've got the answer to the cancer. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you know what? And it's funny. That's the way my mind works. When you when you can fill in those gaps, I, I let a lot of people fill in the gaps at this point because I made giant leaps to get here, you know, and there, there's like stepping stones there. You know, I'm I'm stepping over things that I haven't I haven't seen yet. And but other people come in and they start filling this stuff in. And this is when it's it actually is getting fun because it's not just me anymore. I mean, it was lonely for a long time, but not anymore. And now I think this thing's gonna unravel very quickly um with all you guys out there. And and the book, by the way, is is gonna be frightening. Um I just wrote a letter to HHS, Health and Human Services. Um, that was received last, maybe a week and a half ago, Tuesday. And it, it actually is going to terminate the COV backslash ID, the COVID narrative, because I identified it in the letters as, as the covered or insured infant ID, as in Freud's id, um, and COVID is nothing more than the, the insured infant that has been cut off or separated from me. So that's what's on, that, that depositor, that, that res of the trust is the insured character. Again, nature can't be insured. Um, acts of God cannot be insured. So if, if I'm an act of God from fertilization to this moment, then I, as a living, breathing, you know, spiritual man, I can't be insured. But the character that they created is an insurable character. And this whole thing is just one giant insurance scam. That's all it is. And everybody that that accepts the birthday character then becomes subjected to the insurance game itself. They have to comply. This is about compliance. If you're acting through the the, the role of the insured character, then you have to comply with that policy, the public policy. Public policy is an insurance policy. So again, compliance you know, when the cop's beating you to death in the street, he's basically saying, listen, you're not within compliance and you need to comply. But if I'm not the if I'm not that character, if I don't accept that that public policy insurance, um, that beneficial position, then they got nothing. 
They, the, none of their rules, none of their so-called laws, statutes, codes, they don't apply at all. And that's, that's, that's where this is going. It's going to be a little scary because the bad guys are going to be the bad guys still. And this is where, you know, things are going to happen um, where you're going to have to, you're going to have to defend yourself and, or be willing to do things at some point to, to stop the bad guys. And when I say bad guys, I'm talking about potentially people coming into your yard or, or whatever and taking your stuff um, because there won't be any rule of law uh, as we've known it up to now. It'll go like the wild west again for a while. Yeah. Yep. I totally see that the same way. Eye to eye. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about the Ben Ben stone. Uh, it's been on a lot of people's minds recently. And we're talking about this stone, the rock. Uh, has that has has that been on your radar at all, Kurt? About the Ben Ben um, Stone? A, some people say it, it's referring to the beneficiary, the Ben Ben. Yeah, and and again, in reality, um, if a beneficiary exists, uh, it, it, I cannot. Again, the way they've designed the system is that a decedent estate is in play, and if a decedent estate is in play, then I can't I can't be here. Um, so again, if, if, if you're out there trying to claim a, a position as beneficiary, you're, you're basically negating your own existence. And, and so I'm railing against any of this stuff because I'm, I am not the beneficiary of anything. I'm the owner of this. So that makes even the idea of equity is out the door. So there's nothing that they're saying, um, that is of interest to me. Nothing that's going on in the world is of interest to me uh, because I prefer to be in an ownership position over my biology and the product of my biology rather than, you know, an agent over some some property that's that's held in trust that I, I'm not going to go there with people. You know, I'm not going to do it. I can't because it's not it's not true. Um, I said something to my wife earlier today that something uh, it, it's either all true or not true at all. It's either all true or not true at all. There's no almost true. There's no sort of true. If it's not true, it's not true. Um, and and the, the, that decedent estate cannot exist if I exist. It's that simple. So, no thanks. So funny. And even like the decedent and decadent, you know, it's like we're in an age of, <laughs> of decadence that clearly has to... Yeah, go back to the Wild West for a little while so we can build up in truth, you know? Well, I don't I don't like the idea, I mean, of calling 911 and having some people in a uniform show up and 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 commercialize every everything that's going on in my life. I don't want to do that. If somebody comes into my yard, you know, I tell them to get out of here. If they don't get out of here or if they threaten me, that would that because of the trespass, even as a pacifist, nature has a position um, that's called self-preservation. So, I mean, I, it's not violence that would kill the man. Uh, it's self-preservation that would kill the man, if you see what I'm getting at. So yeah. self-preservation is built into nature. It's just part of nature. So you don't have to be violent. You can actually be nonviolent and still. Uh, have that sense of self-preservation for you and your family. And that's why the only position I know, by the way, I'm talking globally. 
The UN has designed that cut material to, to become the, the, uh, the, the, the point of arbitration. When that, when that third party, third person is in play, it becomes the, 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 uh, the peaceable position. But it's already my biology. If, if, if they didn't cut it off, if they, if an act of mayhem didn't happen at the port of entry to the world beyond the womb, I would have been delivered. I would have been delivered whole. And had I been delivered whole, there wouldn't have been a piece of me out there, um, separate from me that, that gives rise to a war, a war over that, that position. So they, the UN is using that, they use the word measure. They're using that measure as a point of arbitration or a, a way to uh, bring or keep the peace. But they created the war in order to offer peace. They, they actually right. created the war itself to then give you an opportunity for peace. When I'm, but when, when I've been peaceful from the beginning, had they not cut me apart. One last thing about that, the cut. The cut is also known as a F-A-U-L-T, a fault. So when, when you agree to the birthday, you are literally at fault. <laughs> Think about that. It's not my <laughs> fault. Well, yes, it is at that point. By, by you claiming the birthday, it's your fault. What's weird about that is that from fertilization to this moment, at fertilization, you're innocent. And if you're innocent at the beginning, at the alpha moment, you would also be innocent all the way through the rest of your life until proven guilty. So innocence, your own innocence begins at fertilization. So I've come up with this very simple um, equation that fertilization equals innocence. Birthday equals guilty or not guilty. There is no innocence for the birth certificated character. Because the birthday itself is original sin, so there's no chance of innocence. So again, when you go all the way back to the beginning, you know, the origin, your, your godly origin, so to speak, called fertilization, that's where innocence is located. And if they didn't cut you apart, you would have been innocent all the way to this moment until proven guilty. But the birthday, the original sin of the birthday doesn't even allow for innocence. All they do when you go into those lower courts is have an option between what? Guilty or not guilty. There is no innocent because the birth certificated character doesn't have access to innocence. That's that's, well, that's what you're that saying child right here of God is really crucial. I want to like rewind oh, yeah. on this moment for a second. It's, like what? It's like listening well, it's like to the whole system is designed <laughs> where you're, you're describing how by design, well, like everybody that identifies with the birth certificated legal fiction personhood is in the eyes of the system requiring correction by default and it's just a matter of like how you know the priority of who needs more correcting is what winds up some people in jail and other people in the open air uh prison system that is you know normal commerce right well i think the the key to all of that is is the biblical luke 531 when when Jesus, their Jesus, when the character Jesus says, they that are whole, W-H-O-L-E, need not a physician. And, right. and he's actually talking about all the way back from fertilization, all the way back to this moment as we speak. In other words, as an, a continuous and contiguous evolutionary biological being. 
There is no cut. There's no break. There's no interference. There's no nothing from that moment to this moment is one, one life. What's interesting about that is if you're not broken, you don't need to be fixed better yet. Let's say it this way. If you're not diseased, you don't need a remedy. So everybody's speaking to me about remedy. They go, well, we got to figure out a remedy. No, remedy implies illness. If I'm not ill, if I'm not sick, if I'm not broken, I don't need their prosthetic. I don't need their remedy because I'm already innocent from the beginning. So again, if people understand that from fertilization, the moment of creation all the way to this moment, in other words, that's a direct link to God. There is no middleman. There is no original sin from fertilization to this moment, all present and accounted for from fertilization to last breath is innocence. But the moment you claim that false, that original sin of the birthday, the, 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 the fig leaf, the moment you, 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 you claim their fig figure leaf, their, 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 their page, their figure page, their, their, their birth certificated figure, that, that original sin only allows for guilty or not guilty in their, their lower courts. It's that simple. Yes. You know, uh, I want to kind of reinforce that UN using the term measure. You know, a lot of people get that, that uh, inscription on the temple of Delphi, just a little, just wrong enough to kind of miss it. Uh, I, I prefer the, the translation, know thy measure. And all things in moderation. And the, <laughs> and the third one is surety brings ruin. Surety brings ruin. And these these little Insurance. nuances. Yes, these little nuances to the translation. I think people are missing just enough to not catch the, what reinforces your statement that the UN is using the term measure. And here we are talking about becoming a surety to a dead a dead entity fiction. So the, the, and the UN, Gabriel, it's, um, we're, we're talking about in, international. Uh, I'm just right. going to throw out there that the, the Latin of surety brings the ruin from the Bible could also be translated as a pledge is folly. <laughs> nice. You know, it kind of adds some context to that. <laughs> what they really mean by surety, you know, Man. Well, I don't, I, I, it's okay. I, what, what's interesting is I don't care what people are doing. Um, again, if everybody, what's that old saying that, that I learned at Star Trek, it existed prior to that, but you know, in an insane society, the sane man would appear insane. If everybody's sick and there's that one healthy guy, he would appear yep. to be the unhealthy one. <laughs> And ultimately, this I, I, I have you have you guys read my letter to HHS yet? Not the most recent one. You want to bust it out? Have, oh yeah, he just yeah. You need you need you need to look at that because I think it's the greatest letter I've ever written. I, how recently did you say it was like last month or something? Ever. Yeah, he received it last week. Okay, um, okay. But it's out there. It's at the. It's at my Facebook page. Is that the only place? I post where it every day, almost like really now, because I, I figure uh, people. Doing? 
kind of, um, I do have that P cloud site and I'm, I've been kind of lazy. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff, but I haven't loaded it lately. Um, the best stuff, any, if anybody wants to hear my stuff, the only place to go is Buzzsprout, uh, new word order. That's the only place anybody should ever go. If you want to hear what I'm doing right now, go to new word order at Buzzsprout. Mm-hmm. There's at least 63 episodes. And I think almost all of them are amazing. Yeah, I mean, When I listen to them, I'm thinking, who the hell said that? You know? <laughs> how did I, I how, how did I know that? <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead. You got to, you got to read that letter. I mean, I'm, yeah. that's, that's a letter. Um, if you can find it, you, you, you got to, let me, let me see if I can dig it up real quick. Let me, let me get it. Yeah. I love listening. To- I'll, I'll see. I'm going to go look at your Facebook. I just I never would- use Facebook because, uh, you know, I'm in Facebook jail perpetually. So it feels pointless. I was uh, listening to the show you did uh, last night. I was uh, cramming before this one. And I just love how uh, uh, how consistently you are removing presumption. Like so much of what people, our words are still habitual to the old paradigm. And I just love how consistent you are when a person says something, you're like, nope, nope, nope. That's not really how, it, nope, 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 nope. And eventually, you know, you're like kind of sculpting uh, a new way of seeing for people. And it's, it's very helpful. And I love that. You there? And I just love being a, an eavesdropper in these conversations, uh, catching how, how easy it is to misspeak. I'm just scrolling Kurt's Facebook looking for uh, the letter. I hear a Darth Vader. I don't hear Kurt. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, what's got? They got him. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like we maybe were having a little bit of a delay issue too. Hey, can, can, can you guys hear me? Yeah, there we can. You are. I can't hear you for some reason. Well, maybe try. Oh well, I guess uh, you can't hear me. Is there anything I can do to 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 hear you? Should I should I log back in? Yes. Yep. Yes, sir. Should I? Okay, let me let me get out of here and I'll log back in. That'll do it. I love uh, I love that he's got a a new word for me to look into. Like he's he's dropped mayhem like twice tonight, and I heard him talking about it last night, and now. Now I want to know what is what his uh his take is on mayhem because that's such a good word. Well, if you go to the old dictionary, the eighteen twenty eight, you type in mayhem and it just takes you to maim. All right, we got the the new Kurt go. out with the old Kurt. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got you back. Okay. I was just yes. telling Gabe that I looked up mayhem in the 1828 dictionary and it just takes you to the page for maim to deprive of a necessary part to cripple, yes. to disable. There it is. That's what they do. You're, you're actually maimed 
um, right from the beginning. And at that point, you're in you're incapacitated for the rest of your life and you and you're, you're institutionalized um, because you're broken. You're broken. And, and this is a, a serious thing. It's, it's serious to know that that cut, it destroys the whole. I mean, do me a favor, go to, um, go to delivery. I mean, a lot of people have heard me say this for years, but go to the definition, go to Webster's online and go to the word delivery. And it'll say the medical definition of delivery says a fetus and its membranes is a delivery which means that if the fetus and its membranes are not delivered, it is not a delivery. So again, think about that. It is, they, when you hear people say, and deliver us from evil, they're actually talking about having somebody deliver you or the rest of you, the, the, the rest residue and remains of you uh, to make you whole again, because they shouldn't, they, they didn't do it at the port of entry. So they maimed, you up front and then they say they're delivering you from evil um with this character this g this 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 amnion jesus fish character they're saying that they have a hand in delivering you when in fact they destroyed you at the port of entry this is this is big you know it's interesting how that word is such a acronym or like an anagram to devilry (laughs) Which is a word that also refers to uh, being an attorney, devil, devil masters. Right. And there's two fish like the Pisces is two fish. It's twin. It's a twin fish symbol. The, the, it's interesting when you, you have the, the concept of the fish. And or the concept of the sea. I mean, people don't realize that the first 280 days of our existence, we're in the waters of mother. We're actually in the water and we're underwater or we're breathing underwater through through um, the biology. We're actually of the water at that moment. And then with the same amazing biology, we evolve to the point where we can come out onto the land. This is so Darwinian. Think about, I mean, they, they talk about, you know, uh, that, that creeping from the waters and, and crawling up onto the land and, and, and turning into this character or that kind of beast or whatever. And then finally, thousands or millions of years later, you're walking upright. And yet it happens in less than, what, a year and a half? It all happens from a single cell in the waters, the muck and mire of mom's waters. And, and, and a year and a half later, you're, you're walking up upright the entire evolutionary process in a year and a half <laughs> unbelievable it's so funny and yet, and yet what what they yeah, go ahead oh well it's just it's funny because like i take a i take offense to the idea of darwin's evolutionary theory but it's not it's not i can't throw the whole thing out because the, you need the bath water too <laughs> because it is true there is evolution in our in in the nine months that's right missing. but w- right, but when you hear Darwin, when most people hear Darwin, all they can think of is monkey to man right. that's not what right. I'm talking about. I'm talking about evolutionary process from a single from a single cell to the a multi trillion cell universe, which is what I am right now. That's all evolution. 
It's so profound. All present and, and accounted for. The generations. <laughs> that should be the mantra of the world. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did uh, so. I found my that letter, the, the most recent letter I wrote. And you guys already know that every recipient of my letter has has resigned. Everybody, and 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 I even say that the president resigned because the president of that company or the president of that United States or whatever it is that he's president of. Remember that, I mean, he didn't accept, he didn't take office after the November election. Everybody said he won and everybody said Biden stole this election. And by the way, I don't vote or any of that nonsense. But my point is, is that he didn't retain office. He never came back. I think what he did is he, he, he basically just decided I did not to not to come back because he had too much information, which was uh, uh, evidencing um, the crime itself. And, and because of that, he lost his plausible deniability. So if anything, he was going to let Biden take this shot because I didn't send a letter to Biden. I sent it to Donald Trump. And right. um, I think he knows enough right now. And I, I think he's actually. You know, he calls himself a Christian or whatever. By the way, Christianity is not a problem. If you if you understand fertilization, if you understand the amnion, if you understand science, you'll realize that Christianity is nothing more than a, a you know, a narrative that that for believers, um, I, I don't require any of that because I have the knowledge of of creation, which is fertilization. And so I I. I'm beyond all of the, the requirements for a middleman or, you know, a, a shepherd. I don't need any of that. Uh, by the way, well, I you feel know, the meaning of God Christian in, in reality the Greek that I ever Christian, have. That, that word or title only meant originally good man or good fellow. <laughs> good fellows. <laughs> you know, it's funny because that's what they call them. Good fellow. But remember the definition. And the definition of good or goods is unborn of animals. So the unborn <laughs> version of you um, is is exactly that. Yeah, I have no doubt. So now you got this aborted version of you, the unborn of animals, which is that Christ mass, the ma unborn mass, the Christmas or the Christ mass, if you want to pronounce it properly, is that human remains left behind. And of course, that's the sacrificial part of of that religion the amnion or the lamb is sacrificed because if you think about it the part that surrounded you in the womb is your boat when you no longer need your boat you leave the boat back there in the hospital and you you, you come out onto the land um that boat got you here that ark i call it the ark it's or the ark of the covenant that boat that vessel that got you here is then presumably abandoned and and but yet it can never truly be abandoned because you're still using that same biology. So even though a piece of you was cut off and even though a piece of you was left behind in the hospital, that infant biology is no longer necessary, but it's of the same DNA as the DNA you're using today. So if you really think hard about this, you're still using that that information. You're still using it. Which means hey, even Kurt. the material cut off of you was never abandoned. And if it's not abandoned, yeah, go ahead. Well, you just brought up the Ark, which is at the core of pretty much every mythology and religious system. 
is some version of the Ark and the Flood. But where does the Ark, where do they abandon the Ark? When, they, when it's left behind, they depart from the Ark. Mount Ararat. So what that is like saying they left it at error. Ararat. <laughs> it was an error to leave it, you know. <laughs> but but again, you're still using it. No matter, it, it's just evolved, and and that's that's probably the most the the most important idea that I I, I bring forward is that from that single cell, and I lo- I love to call it intelligent design. That zygote is the most intelligently designed th- uh, cell of all time because that one cell holds all the information from from that moment to this moment to get you from that moment to this moment to get you from a single cell to a multi-trillion cell universe yourself that one cell has all that information already there it's the most intelligent situation i can imagine but that intelligence then requires the evolutionary process so you have both both intelligent design and evolution in one thing and everybody goes you can't do that at least since 1925 in the scopes trial no either a monkey or you're a man but you're not both you know right you know kurt i like to no. think that uh, you're your you're, you're single cell and your multi-trillion cell yes Just one I, I've, I've been thinking a lot lately that uh when you like to think what when they when they said that there was an insurrection, that it that it was a successful one, and nobody nobody has uh, clarified whether the insurrection succeeded or not, and so you know they uh, they make this this uh, accusation that something happened there, that there was a a change of power construct, and it it, it thus far has not been resolved. And I just think that there's something about there's a unconsummated disclosure to calling that a uh, moment of insurrection, and it would be really fascinating if there was something in the definition of that word. Well, just think about the word insurrection, insurrection. So is it like you know rectifying something wrong with the whole insurance system? I don't know. Just thinking about it, I feel like there's something there. They, I guess there, there is, but basically they're saying it, it, there's, there's a, a change in government. Yeah. Um, there's a change in government. You're choosing, you're, you're actually overthrowing a, a government, but what government is it that's being overthrown? You, by choosing a birthday that's based upon the, the human remains of the left behind material. I'm, I, I'm, I don't say this very often, but I'm going to try to really be clear here. And you guys can hear me okay, right? This is so stinking important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can make sense of it. All right. So the whole, the entirety, the biological estate, all of it is in that single cell zygote. And as it evolves... Um, and subdivides within, let's just make it very simple. You have the baby, the umbilical cord, and then all of that extra embryonic material. It's still all the same thing, but let's just pretend it looks like three things, the baby, the umbilical, and the extra embryonic material. Now, when baby comes out of the womb in full view, in the present, what do they do? They clamp and cut the cord. But remember that the rest of baby is still inside mom. 
not in view. So you have the born, I'm, I'm going to use terms that people understand, you have the born baby, but then you have the unborn still in the waters of mother, still attached to the wall of the uterus. You got two positions. You have a duality that's created by the cut itself. Now, here's the most important part. The government of that remaining material, what is the government of that material they cut off or that is presumably left behind? Well, the government's supposed to be your own mind. But that mind got cut off when the baby was severed or separated from that material. So the left behind material has lost ability of self-government because that self-government would have been the baby had it all been delivered as one. So the baby is the government. The umbilical and extra embryonic is the rest of baby. But when they clamp and cut the cord, they actually cut off the government of the rest of that material. Now you have an open-ended cord that is, is lacking a government. And that open end of the umbilical cord can be plugged into, I don't know, let's say a 1789 constitutional government or maybe the Vatican, the, the religious governments. Because that's what happens. The, the baby is self-governing and he's supposed to be self-governing over all of his estate. But when they cut off that, that, that umbilical cord, the rest of the estate then loses its government because it loses the baby. The baby is the government or the man that, that the baby grows into. So the, the material that's left behind is lacking a government. That birth certificate person has no government because the, the mind of that government was, was severed at the port of entry. So think about that. They can plug that, that, that umbilical cord into any government now. It's an open-ended, it's an open end because it's, its government has been cut off. Well, that's why when you have knowledge of the rest of your biology, you can actually claim self-governance over that biology because you haven't forgotten it. Again, my people shall perish for lack of knowledge. What is that knowledge? It's knowledge of your true godly origin, which is fertilization. When you know that fertilization is your origin, you have not forgotten the rest of your material. So now all of your estate is governed by you instead of some constitutional government or corporate government or, or religious government. Does that make sense? Think about that. Yes, Isaiah 9-6. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. There it is. So now what? What about the material that was cut off of you? Well, it's no longer governed by that, is it? It's governed by something else, somebody else, some other entity, some other corporate situation, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The, go uh, see, the government shall be on his shoulders. It's kind of it's, funny, it, isn't it? It fits, it fits so well. <laughs> it fits so well. So uh, I'm doing a very interesting project around Plato's Republic, Plato's Symposium. Uh, Plato's name, that's actually his wrestling name. It's like his, you know, his celebrity wrestler name. And it means broad-shouldered one. And I see him, <laughs> he's very correspondent with Atlas, um, you know, holding the, the firmament or the, the orb on his shoulders. But he, uh, he also is in the ninth position, uh, correspondent to Pluto, Virgo, uh, uh, and Pluto uh, also means the tiller, the plow, the controller, the governor. 
so many things correspondent with the number nine, Plato, uh, and Virgo. And in Virgo, there is a little constellation that is uh, very nearby. It's Argos, which is the ship. It's the boat constellation is in that position of number nine uh, as well. All of which is all kind of consolidated. Right. Uh, it's such a fascinating way. So would you think that that repump, the regrafting of the placenta of the umbilical onto another governance, um, uh, would that be like a republic, you know, to, would that correspond with the word republic? Because so often I think of Plato uh, versus and, public. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, because I I know that our government is based on these Greek systems. This this Plato's Republic, and I just think it's quite fascinating that uh, this kind of Shanghai or this uh, this this hijacking of the placenta and plugging it into another governing body. Uh, just it seems to have a strong correspondence to the Plato's Republic. Plato, by the way, is a anagram for Tulpa. <laughs> which, which, which is what? The placenta. No. <laughs> it's a, I mean, what is a Tulpa? It's a, oh, it's a great... Tulpas are thought forms that... Take oh, on no. <laughs> agency, like yeah. Tulpas yep. are are thought forms that become independent, like living right. agents. Well, of, but remember, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a problem already. The concept of agency, um, you know, I I, I think of it differently when it when somebody speaks of agency. Um, by the way, if you go to Enion, or if you if you understand that that's the body bag that surrounds the womb, and you go to the word sac, S-A-C-K, or better yet, S-A-C, um, if you look up S-A-C, what's interesting is it, it, it'll say it's short for sacrifice, but it also says it's, um, it stands for S-A-C as in special agent in charge. A sack, and what's interesting about special agent in charge is is that Jesus character, and, and that, that that is born to the Bersaia nine six again. That that's the, the agency. They're actually saying that everybody that that understands this birth certificated character, it, it's the status of a priest. That's a priesthood. We just don't know how to use. It. We we've we've. We've we've left behind that that ecumenical priesthood status when we abandon that succession. The cutting of the umbilical severs the tie. Therefore, there's not a succession. So you lose That's that awesome. priesthood status in an ecumenical economy, and and you're without status in that in that. Yeah. Are you uh, possibly like a little <laughs> far from your internet? Um, not really. Am, am, not am really? I cutting out a lot? 
A little bit of cut out, like not so bad that we can't understand it. It's just the delay. Just wanted to see if there no, I'm, 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 this is a bit of a delay in uh, you hearing what we're saying and then your responses. But I mean, we can work with it. Let it's me, all good. Let me go. Let me go down it. Yeah, I, I hate I hate the delay. <laughs> let me see. I mean, is it better now? Seems like it. Yeah, you no? respond and we'll know. <laughs> you're right yeah, yeah that's much is better. It better now yeah. yeah 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 so uh what you're talking about though okay with Jesus well i mean this is, it's well it's pretty good right now so let's let's try this i think it's pretty good right now um i just think it's interesting that the ecclesiastical system the, when you go into the ancient roman the S- religion they see the Greek S- religion the savior or mediator god character the logos or the word or the son of god was always about the psycho or like psychopomp role of guiding the souls of the dead and you know that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about these remains of the dead um you know they call it the the manes or the manes and it's the ghost or the shade or soul of a diseased deceased person and uh you know and that connects us to the like the Commerce and in another way too, in the sense that the horse has a mane, the uh, horse is a occult symbol of a ship, and you know we're talking about the ship that you came in on. Anyway, I just think that's a a big part below the surface of everything is that this occult priest class that is masquerading as a secular government and a secular legal system it has always been structured around and designed around that they were the ones who guide the souls of the dead to where they're supposed to go or something along those lines. And they've sort of just expanded that role and uh, t- given living men and women, the belief in a dead fiction that they can guide, you know? Well, remember too, though, that soul and psyche are the same. Um, there's a direct link between the concept of soul and psyche. Now think about that. The psyche is nothing more than the mind itself. And if, if my mind chooses to believe in a birth certificated fictional position, that I have ultimately then sold myself short i've sold my life my my story short if my my life story begins at fertilization and ends with the last breath you know 81 years outside the womb but i sell myself my story short at at the port of entry that i mean what people don't realize is that by 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 buying into that cult or that birth certificated character my mind is now my soul is now in that decedent position. I say, I always say that, that the birthday is the greatest implant of all time. People are worried about getting a chip in, you know, in their wrist or, or, you know, somewhere in their forehead or whatever. But that is that the implant is an idea and that implants already in everybody's head they don't need to to put a physical chip or anything in anybody because the birthday is a chip off the old block 
Think about that. <laughs> the, the, the material left behind, if, look up the definition. Yeah, it's a chip. It actually is a chip. It's, it's a piece of the hole that has been broken off or chipped off, and that chip off the old block is what gets the birth certificate. So that is the implant. That is the chip implant. And it's only in your in your um, your belief in the birthday character itself. So again, when Jesus says they that are whole need not a physician, the mentally that choose birthdays, the mentally ill that 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 believe in salvation, they're mentally ill. They're literally mentally ill because they bought into a story that cannot be possible. Without a beginning, you can't be here now. It's an impossibility. So again, the chip off the old block is the birth certificated person. It's, but it's not the whole story. If, if you, that's, that's my point is it's not the whole story. So people that buy into it are selling themselves short. They're selling their story short, their life story. And that's why 1 Corinthians 2.15 says, the spiritual man shall be judged by no man. Well, spiritual means nothing more than breathing. And if you're breathing from fertilization to last breath outside the womb, that's an unbroken lifetime. I'm an unbroken story. Not be sold short because that would mean death, a premature death. Can't happen. <laughs> this is this is reality versus all of those nonsensical beliefs. It's pretty simple. Funny the word chip actually de- derives from an old Saxon word that means to buy or sell. <laughs> oh, and even, yeah, even, and even the word implant, you know, implant is also <laughs> ar- archaically. Well, it meant to put an idea in someone's mind or instill something in somebody. It wasn't referring to anything physical. So you're right on the money with all that in terms of the, the linguistics. Have you, now, you guys have probably heard, and I'm going to say this because it's, it, it has great shock value, by the way. But when, when that zygotic material, when that singular zygotic cell um, subdivides, the, the zygote only exists for one day. Then it changes terms. It changes names. It goes from zygote to conceptus. It's a conceptus upon uh, subdivision. But when that, so when that can, is floating down upon the waters of mother and it implants into the wall of the uterus, I don't know, seven days later, implantation. So now I, my biology implants or plants into the wall of the uterus, into my mom's uterine wall. Well, back in the 1700s, the 18th century, the word fuck means nothing more than to implant or occupy. That's it's a farmer's term to fuck is a farmer's term that means when i actually this is i think hilarious when and my my conceptus implants into the wall of the uterus i literally become a motherfucker (laughs) i don't see any smiles guys come on i love it i absolutely love it (laughs) i'm i'm not joking i'm not joking it's it's your you would and in the movie Trading Places, when he says "moi," a motherfucker. Well, who is that? That's the person of color, the 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 decedent estate, placental material. Actually, what the human remains that is evidence of the motherfucker, the implantation. That's all it is. It's biological implantation into the wall of the uterus, and that means to fuck. Damn. I know it's it is. It's hilarious. 
That is so profound. <laughs> By the way, you know, the book that I, the book that I found that in, let me see. No, I got it. I got it. I have to, I have to prove this right now. I have a book that actually proves it. So. Yes. Go yes. ahead. Can, can you keep talking. I'll find the book. It's funny as heck. So uh, one thing that uh, I'm, it's so it's so funny. We take the we have these ideas that like evolution, and I want to I want to say no, I'm not down with evolution. But then I find out there's something redeeming that it actually does it does need to be uh, reserved in a certain context. It's absolutely right. It's it's true beyond belief. Another idea like that is like the multiverse. You know, a lot of people are talking about these parallel realities and other other worlds, other dimensions, but. Here we are in our dictionary, and we're looking at 16 different definitions for the word uh, order. And here we are looking at the multiverse and how many different definitions there are for these words. And when you kind of take the word like a, like a gem and you put it in just the right light, it clicks into place. And you have this consistency of the definitions uh, that reveal a certain truth. Right. But you have but you have to take every single word in the sentence and, and put it in just the right fractality. And sure enough, you get a clear course. Kurt, I found your letter to the, uh, Department that's, of that's Health why when you look at definition, the definition of definition, can you, can, I, I, I don't, it's hard for me to read it. You know? I'll, yeah. You yeah, want me to read it? Yeah. Well, but the, the, the definition of, yeah, I, I do, but I want to. I want to just how I arrived at all this is by taking a word and looking at all the possibilities, all the potential definitions, and say and say to myself, "Wait a minute, the guy in the courtroom, the attorney using this word, has all of these opportunities." And then, if I choose one of those opportunities that is most detrimental to me, and I take that definition and I define that word, and I can see another whole lot of definition or opportunities of that word and i keep chasing these definitions to the point where it, all of these definitions tell a story and that's what you're saying there there it's a fractal it's a fractal the story or the narrative can be can be unraveled by learning the definitions of these words or seeing how they can apply in a negative way so i mean that's that's why this is amazing to me is that the all of black's law dictionary is telling one story it's telling the story about a, a cult um, that is is made up entirely of decedent estates. It was created in a 1891, and it was created specifically for a community of dead bodies, a sort of potter's field. That's all this is. America's one giant-ass potter's field. So wow. go ahead, read that letter, because I think that letter is, is the greatest letter ever written in the last 250 years because I know what it does and how it, how it actually works within the, the, the uh, Declaration of Independence and the fact that it identifies, it identifies the whole man to the point where they can't get past it. They cannot get past that letter. Uh, At no, no place in the world can they get past that letter. So if you, if you want to read it, you probably read better than me. You know? uh, Kurt, yeah. can, you, can you see me on your screen pretty well? You see it? Kurt, can you see me? Yes. Yeah, I can. Okay. Can you make me big chance? I want to share yes. this. I want, I want to share the card that is. So this is the hermit card in, uh, in, uh, in the Thoth deck. It's a particular tarot deck, but this is the card for Virgo and it is a giant tongue. 
and it has this uh, this lamp, this light, but it's card number nine as well. And so uh, what we're talking about language and the power of the tongue and navigating, steering through uh, the course of the multiverse of all the meanings of words. Do you see the paper boat? Can you see the paper boat on here as well? <laughs> That that's yeah. the Argo constellation. That is the Argo constellation. It, it looks like, and there's the sperm too. And there's a little sperm in the corner. Ah, uh, and here's a tertium quid. Oh, no way! No way! You you know the shape of that boat, by the way, in Stephen King's um, movie It. That paper boat that floats down the the curb and, and through the rainwater and goes down the sewer. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, spot on. Yeah. And it's down and the it's sewer. A, yes, and it's a paper boat. It's a paper ship, right? Uh, in, right. In the name, the name of that boat in Greek is the Argos, and. Uh, and I've just learned that argon is a, it's a noble gas, number 18, one plus eight equals nine. And argon in Greek means slothful or lazy. Uh, so I thought I would just put all that together, that there's a lot going on with this card. But I just figured I'd bring that into the conversation while we're talking about fractality of language. You know, this is the tongue and the paper ship and the vessel and the nine months in the womb. I just thought I would bring all of that to bear because I'm quite sure the people who make these little artifacts are quite savvy to what we're discussing. Well, the, the neat thing about what I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is by pointing out absolutes. I mean, from fertilization to last breath, that's one life. That's a lifetime. One without fault. The neat thing about that is it doesn't matter what their story is. It, 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 it's completely, Completely outside of all of these things, whether it's the tarot cards, um, whether it whether it's the the uh, the sky clocks, it doesn't matter what they want to relate it to. It's outside of that. Again, I always joke about the squirrels and the trees and the birds. They don't give a rat's ass about any of these stories. You know, they're outside of all of these fictional jurisdictions, and so are we. We're outside of them too, as long as we don't fall, fallen man. Don't fall for them. We have to just know the truth and just live according to the truth. And then let them guys have fun with the rest of the people that choose to believe. I choose not to. That's simple. So you want to read that letter? Yeah, dude. Let me get it pulled up so that people can see it while I read it. And here we go. All right. There's a front back to it, but but remember, remember that. Remember what? Yeah, I'll I'll start when you tell me that. Now, remember that HHS, Health and Human Services, prior to 1979, was called Health, Education, and Welfare, H-E-W. What's the definition of HUE? Oh man, and yeah, we. T- I think I talked about this to you in a previous conversation, but we know what the definition of hue is. Uh, it's color. It's a cut. It's all that. 
But then, wow. you know, in the ancient Romish or uh, the ancient it's Greek the religion before they, you know, before they came up with the the Vatican version of things or the rebranding that happened around 2000 years ago, supposedly uh, Bacchus, whenever Bacchus, who was the savior, Mercury, Jesus figure of the Greeks for a long time, when they would write his name in <laughs> in Greek, it would be it, it transliterates into English as Hugh. And so that's your, (laughs) that's the guy. And then what's funny is like, when you see the IHS in churches today, they claim means like, you know, they have their whole thing. uh, I can't remember what the Latin supposed Latin meaning of that acronym is, but it's actually just a mistransliteration of the uh, Upsilon Eta Sigma that was Bacchus's monogram, Hugh or Hughes. So, yeah. That's uh, that that word has a lot of a loaded gravy in it. So, and I think that's also part of the Jesuit um, symbol, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. IHS, they're they're yeah. repping the monogram of Bacchus, Dionysus. And by the way, that symbol—if you look, yeah—and if you look at their symbol, it actually looks like the sperm surrounding an ovum. Which is also the same as the Smithsonian. I mean, these guys are using all the same symbols. Yeah. And then even in the mythology of Bacchus or Hughes, they had uh, all the story of people being torn apart at Bacchic orgies, like torn into pieces, (laughs) hewn, right? It's all in the mythology too, in the story. Right. Well, that's where the chip off the old block begins. At that, at that orgy. <laughs> chip off the old Bach. <laughs> the old Bach. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all, right. all right. Read that thing, man, because this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by the, by that thing myself. I mean, it's hard for me to believe it only took me a couple weeks to write. Wow. All right. Here we go. It's two pages. Dear Secretary Becerra, the federally protected health information, PHI, held by covered entities, COV, Falling within the purview of the Department of Health and Human Services is the direct result of medical mayhem and the subsequent incomplete delivery of one's infant biology in its entirety. It should be noted that in the U.S., mayhem is both a felon uh, is a felony in both state and federal jurisdictions. Mayhem. Needless or willful damage or violence, willful and permanent deprivation of a bodily member resulting in the impairment of a person's fighting ability, willful and permanent crippling, mutilation, or disfigurement of any part of the body. The medical definition of delivery, the expulsion or extraction of a fetus and its membranes. Said biometric measure Let's see. Said biometric measure amputated and left behind as a born alive product of conception is then presumed as is then presumed an abandoned, diseased, disabled or disfigured child adopted after birth. Such a vulst rule fashioned upon entry to the new world beyond the womb can never fully represent one's authentic, continuous and contiguous evolutionary ascension as an original package, which begins at Genesis as a single cell zygote in the waters of mother 
and concludes with the last breath upon the land as a spiritual man. Definition of measure, that by which extent or dimension is ascertained either by length, breadth, thickness, capacity, or amount. The rule by which anything is adjusted or proportioned. Definition of spirit. An animating or vital principle held to give life to physical organisms. Breath. God sense. <laughs> All right. The demise of the demise of the severed feto maternal member via abstract church state separation. Hugh gives rise to a fictitious ecumenical, right? That's how you say that word. Yeah, ecumenical war over presumably forsaken infant goods. Ecumenical, yes. Inconsistent with the faultless natural equity and right-of-way precedence of one's original, non-reducible, godly estate, as well as the right of the people, right of the people peaceably to assemble, her First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. War, defined as a struggle or competition between opposing forces or for a particular end. Goods, every species of personal property, the unborn of animals, growing crops, and other identified things attached to reality as fixtures, attached to realty as fixtures. Any birth certificated modification of an indigenous baby is an act of war or genocide, as it takes into account only a particular terminal end decedent of an unsuccessful delivery abortion upon the continental United States and not one's entire godly estate delivered as a whole. See chapter 12, 67th Congress. At the international level, it is trafficking in persons. The moment the feto-maternal organ known as the placenta, Jus Kogens, uh, is removed with one's consent being irrelevant. To wit, protocol to prevent, suppress, and punish trafficking in persons, especially women and children, supplementing the United Nations Convention Against Transnational Organized Crime, says, A, trafficking in persons shall mean the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of persons by means of the threat or use of force or other forms of coercion, of abduction, of fraud, of deception, of the use of power, or of a position of vulnerability, or the giving or receiving of payments or benefits to achieve the consent of a person having control over another person for the purpose of exploitation. Exploitation shall include, at a minimum, the exploitation of the prostitution of others or other forms of sexual exploitation, forced labor or services, slavery, or practices similar to slavery, servitude, or the removal of organs. <laughs> Rest suanimity servit. One cannot have a servitude over his own property. So, Secretary Becerra, what really constitutes one's overall health? Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines health as being sound in body, mind, or spirit, freedom from physical disease or pain, sound, free from injury or disease, free from flaw, defect, or decay, 
solid, firm. And according to the biblical Jesus at Luke chapter 5, verse 31, they that are whole need not a physician. Whole, having all of its proper parts or components complete, unmodified. Unmodified, not altered or modified. Modified, to make basic or fundamental changes, to give a new orientation or to serve a new end. Thus it is the whole man, all present and accounted for from fertilization to last breath, who truly evidences a healthy, self-governing, determining, supreme being, far beyond the scope of any fictitious salvation via baptismal prescription or fictitious salvage operation via citizenship prosthetic designed to remedy or reconstruct a mysterious Eucharist space-time deficiency reduction or surplus bundle indicated by a prior mayhem and subsequent omission for nature abhors a vacuum or vacui or vacui actually fictitio fictio chadit veratati (laughs) fiction yields to truth there is no legal fiction where there is truth (laughs) Finally, Secretary Becerra, the federally protected health information falls within ex injuria use non oritor as a product of violence. Disabling everybody equally by biometric modification is an injustice, not equality. The (laughs) The procrustean myth of stretching bundle, or cutting reduction of travelers to achieve ideal uniformity is not unlike the federally protected, immaculately conceived, custom-cut, born-alive infant member found at 1 USC 8. You must end the absurd cove-slash-ID narrative and protection racket today. It is killing people. Silence is acquiescence. Signed, Curtis R. Kallenbach pacifist note i've included a copy of my book with this correspondence bravo sir bravo sir <laughs> curtis r period comeback um here's the here's oh let me that the that line, favorite line in that is the is that you know that biometric cut you know it's not equality or it's an injustice and i think that that right there when when they try to make everybody equal and think about this there is no equality in nature there isn't any um so when they cut a piece say they cut an inch that umbilical cord and they save an inch of everybody now everybody's equal there's an inch of everybody held on deposit and now that's they're calling that equality what's interesting about about that is it's not equality it's an injustice and so the entire system is is predicated on an injustice right off the bat right off the bat so what i'm doing is because the world now is going towards this concept of health the only thing that is healthy the only way you're going to be free from all of it is to be known as w-h-o-l-e that's going to be the the only place to be is to be whole. Everything else is going to be diseased and they're going to they're going to they're going to punish everybody. I'm telling you right now, if you're if you don't know your true godly origin, they're going to punish your ass. They're going to do it. 
Yes, sir. Yes, they are. Uh-oh. No, you're right, man. You're absolutely right, Kurt. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to I'm going to plug in and I'm going to take this headset off. So if you lose me for a second, I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. All right. But I but my my phone is I I don't know. It's 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 eating a lot of juice right now. So let me let me plug into the wall, but I'm going to have to take this headset off. So just I don't want to if I lose you, I'm coming right back on. So don't don't worry about it. Right no problem. So let me try this. Man, what an absolute brilliant masterpiece. That was awesome. You know, I never thought about an inch of everybody before. But, Are you okay? You know, yeah, you're there. We got you. Yes, and I like your weave on the ink. That the inch yeah. is a is that's my also favorite letter of all time. Ink. Yeah, yeah. If they got an inch on everyone, and they also have an ink of all everyone, right. right? Yeah. I mean, they get the. <laughs> the sole of your foot, they get your psyche on paper right away. Yeah. You know, that's the first thing that happens. Damn it. All right. I'm good. I think you're good. Yep. So they received that letter. So now there's no plausible deniability. Yeah. 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 So that that letter exposed COVID for what it really is—a covered infant, an insured infancy. That's all COVID ever was—was was an insured infancy. Um, the cut, the cut material—that's all it ever was. That's why they had you put on a mask, that corporate veil. That's all it was—was was evidencing the corporate veil, a willfulness. So I imagine you sent that letter around uh, very beginning of May or the end of April. Based on when you posted that, right? And I know you didn't send that to the uh, World Health Organization, but they did, the WHO did declare an end to the emergency COVID state, you know, state of international concern or whatever, just uh, like a day or two ago. So interesting. Is that the, is that the response? Yeah, they're 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 going to get their own version of that. The 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 WHO, World Health Organization. But I I'm telling you right now that the banks don't have surety ship anymore. That was taken away from them way back when when I identified the cut material, the sureties as abortions. That that happened um March of 2020. So the banks have not had their blood sacrifices or their sureties since then. And, and that's why the world, the, the, how to get the guarantors, the subscribers, the underwriters of the, their game, they're trying to, to subscribe that underwriter um, in their insurance fraud. We'll see what happens. Kurt, we might want to have you bounce out and jump back in again, just to uh, resolve a little bit of the connection. All right. I'm, I'm going to read uh, the just a quick paragraph on Psyche here. Uh, 
because uh, it's it's kind of it's fascinating to me. I, I did not have that connection of soul and psyche being one and the same. This is the mythological psyche, but you know, um, uh, when this is the Promethean creation myth, but uh, Prometheus he makes he makes all the animals, he gives them all their powers, and he uh, and his brother who's uh, Prometheus is forethought. His brother Epimetheus is uh, uh, backwards thinking, looking back in time, uh, memory, basically. He forgets, he gives out all the good stuff and humans don't get their, their okay. talent, their, their special gift. And so Athena has to come along and she gives humanity a butterfly. She puts a butterfly in the head of humanity. And this is, I think, symbolic of the psyche, of the soul, but also epigenetic memory in our instincts that we inherit from our ancestors. Um, So psyche is uh, the Greek goddess of the soul and often represented as a beautiful woman with butterfly wings. The name psyche means soul and butterfly in Greek and was commonly referred to as such in Roman mythology as well. Though directly, though direct translation is anima, which is the Latin word for soul. She was born a mortal woman and eventually gained immortality with beauty that rivaled even Aphrodite, the goddess of love. Psyche is unknown, excuse me, Psyche is known from the novel called The Golden Ass also known as Metamorphosis, uh, written by the Roman philosopher and orator Apelius in the second century. In the myth, she was given multiple traits in order to be with her beloved Eros, also known as Cupid, god of physical love and desire, son of Aphrodite. The cultural influences of Psyche's story can be depicted in art dating back to the fourth century BCE. So I just find that fascinating that she is the uh, consort of love. I'm thinking about now, you know, psyche and soul and the cut and how long this system may have been in place, potentially way longer than just modern hospitals. Be, uh, so the Greek letter psi, it looks like a trident, right? Yeah. But in the old alphabet, <laughs> the uh the like the arcadian version of this it's a line with an x through it like the cord and the x as in cutting that spot cut here you know what wow. i mean and the letter psi mean or like just psi by itself it means soul or life yes and also we have the monogram of the christ the monogram of the christ is often an x with an i up the middle and sometimes it's because we do things linearly. It can be the X in the I or the I in the X. And when you put those together in a certain order, you get nine eleven. And so the XIIX spell is a nine eleven encode. And all of that, I think, is pointing to the Coptic New Year, which is the uh, the Coptic cross of the Crooks constellation, which is on the date nine eleven. Huge weave, huge, huge weave, all tying into the psyche. That's so fascinating. 
Brianna says, I'm just here for the placenta mystery. Well, you know, like we've been talking more about the ecclesiastical schemery and the legal <laughs> secrecy, but you know, the placenta mystery that is really worth uh, having each of us, our own relationship with that. I'm, I, I recap this particular opinion all the time, but I do think that just as our, <laughs> our biological oh. organism has soul or psyche that then if there's more to our bio- biology yeah I, I i don't know if my phone's breaking up because it's just not a good connection you're, you're sounding good. good now bud yep you're good but yeah let me to, to finish what i was saying here is just that if if we have this Spirit aspect, All right, this well, animating the, force or principle don't, that don't realize is the fetal maternal. Oh, go ahead, Kurt. No, I mean the Santa is a feto maternal uh, um, composition of matter. I call it a tertium quid applies some of them baby or mom. Well, in fact, it isn't other. It's not a third thing. It's not a third person. It's a, according to Unum Sanctum, what they're doing is they're taking that feto as, as the human creature. What's interesting about the Roman aspect is that baby and mother is also known as Madonna and child or Jesus and Mary. So the placenta represents Jesus and Mary. That's why it's so important to the Church of Rome. They need that material um, because their entire church is built a priest of Jesus and Mary. Uh, Mary is, is the handmaiden, the handmaid, that's the wall of the uterus. She's also virginal. So the whole idea is, is that they're taking biology and creating a, a, a religious narrative around it. That they can control the beliefs when in fact it's in my biology, nothing more than that. So that's how this is going to, we're going to defeat the magicians, the magi, by, by telling the truth. John 8, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, which is also the motto of the CIA for crying out loud. Why would that be? So. Wow. Wow. So, so fetal maternal. FM is a is a very interesting the CIA um, one one of those guys years ago uh, just just a quick a quick add on to the FM a feto maternal uh, FM Freemasonry it's also six one three there are six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs there's also six six hundred and thirteen uh in a pomegranate. Uh, it's a, just a fascinating uh, acronym, the F to the M.
amazing. Um, but that's that's the rock. That's the rock. Yes. Can or the, can you the uh, right right hold it. Um, so, Kurt, we might get a little. Yeah. Can you disable the camera? Because it looks no, like you just have the camera on, but there's the, uh, something like a sticker it, over it. That? But the that arc. might help with the our arc. connection if it's not trying to also upload the video component that we don't need. Oh, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, it went away for a second, but now it's back on. There should be like a stop cam button somewhere in your interface. Oh, shit. <laughs> it just keeps popping back on right after you turn it off. I don't know why. Yeah, no, no, nothing is working on my, my phone. I none of, none of nothing works. It's because it's oh, a because no. it, it's a cell phony. It's a phony self. It's a cell phony. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it must be, you know, just the last little kicks of Mercury in, in Gatorade. Yeah. It's uh, Mercury's mad at us revealing the secrets of the psychopomp here. <laughs> yeah, that's all right, Kurt. We're, we're just not really getting a good enough uh, connection at this point to easily converse. That's all. So we might have to. Might have to just reconvene on another point man oh he popped out <laughs> that's okay yeah we can uh we can keep weaving on this i mean the mystery of the placenta i'm sure you're just brimming with uh with ideas from the conversation so far but you know to finish that thought that i brought up and i'm sure a lot of the regulars have heard me talk about this but i think in terms of uh a psychopomp energy the Placenta could be totally that thing as like a, a spiritual guardian angel that yeah. if it fulfills that role for you biologically, then wouldn't the spirit that animates that, that body, that boat be also fulfilling some kind of role as a guide or protector uh, in terms of like a part of your spirit guides, or your spiritual guardians. And if that part is, you know, cut up, cut off, left to die, used for medical experiments, shoved in a weird Vatican vault or all of the above. Mm -hmm. It's like inflicting trauma on an actual soul, an actual entity, an individual that you're entangled with uh, energetically. And right. So uh, to me, I think what Kurt has said about the, uh, <laughs> about how this all works in the mind, it makes a lot of sense to me because it may seem like, Oh, I can play pretend a little bit and not play, but I know the truth, but it's like <laughs> wisdom without acting on wisdom. Isn't really wisdom. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. So there to me, like acting on the wisdom could be one way to do that could be in some way reclaiming the whole, the whole story of you from fertilization uh, maybe in some recognition or ceremonial way, Content, contacting the spirit of that part of you and integrating it so that it isn't a traumatized, compartmentalized, separated, uh, castaway aspect. And instead, like realizing, okay, I, I, 
I invite in that part of me that was left behind at the port of entry. <laughs> I invite that to be asked. I invite wholeness back, you know, and I, all I know is from my own experience that when I did that, when I recognized and integrated energetically, spiritually, the, the actual being that was physically incarnate as the placenta that I came through the womb with, that my inner dialogue, my inner voice switched from being highly self-critical and self-defeating. Um, I mean, I wasn't maybe as rough as some people have it in terms of inner monologues being kicking their own ass, but I had some, I still had vestiges of that. And after the integration of the placenta guardian angel spirit, however you want to say it, you know, I've noticed my inner voice, my inner monologue was way supportive and uh, things just got a lot different and a lot better in my life. Like I felt a, a huge amount of freedom open up and has continued to do so ever since then. Like as if I'm be, have a better guidance system. That's just my own experience. All right, Kurt. So you're back and we'll see if you can, if we can uh, converse. If not, we will have you back on a future show too. It looks like your mute button is on though. That is true. Thank you, Gabe. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. All right. Well, Gabe, we'll just let you rock with what I just said <laughs> until we get Kurt back. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. Like, uh, uh, something on the private side, you know, doing your own, uh, you know, coming to Jesus, your own chapel perilous, your midlife for, well, some people are lucky enough that it's not the middle of their life. <laughs> I just coincidentally came into this right at that age. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, right, right in my ripe forties. For those of you who didn't notice, I earned the silver, uh, but yeah, coming to terms with the uh, with your your demonic twin is a is integral, you know. And some people lock themselves up in Loch Ness castles and go through one hundred and nine days of masturbatory ritual just to <laughs> believe that they learned the name of their demonic self with the Abermelon ritual, and then they leave town too soon and leave Loch Ness monster slithering through the locals uh, lore and mythology for ages to come. It doesn't have to be like that, <laughs> but it probably should be on the private side. It should, it should be personal, you know, for everybody. Um, I want to fire off the like um, question. Oh, real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take a lot of it, an answer. Kara, I want to know how did you do this integration? It's a lot like how integration works when I do tuning for people. It was a lot, really mostly about coming to the awareness and changing my belief and my, and setting my intention and, you know, taking a, I don't want to, like, as Gabriel said, there's a private element to this. So I'm not going to like totally flesh it out, but I think that integration occurs or real shift or change occurs in us when we make a choice and then take some kind of action, even symbolic action in support of or symbolic of that choice. So yep. in terms of integrating with the whatever potential spiritual energy and consciousness, the placenta guardian, holy guardian angel has got, I think that there's no wrong way to do it. 
It's just yeah. something to decide you're doing and decide you've done and then see how things go from there. Yeah. I think there's a big, like, I think Kurt agrees probably to a large degree as well, that it's like, uh, <laughs> no, knowing is a big part of the battle. And then the, the choice that you make, and that's in your inner world, it's in your mental plane. It's yeah. in your psyche. It's in your life. That's where it occurs. That's where the cut never happened there because that is, purely the private realm that is purely your inner world and so any kind of separation within your psyche within your inner world has always been a fictional construct and a compartmentalization of your own energy that could just as easily be switched back just like when you know they've done psilocybin studies on the brain and shown that the blood flow barriers in the brain that come about from neural pathways being forged by repetitive thinking and behavior that limits the adult and their scope to perceive a wider reality that through, you know, the use of a psychedelic, the brain goes more to a blood flow state resembling the infant where every part of the mind is not, or the brain, the brain is not the mind, but every part of the brain is now in con connection and in flow with each other. Like that is kind of what I'm referring to in getting back to that pre-cut pre-compartmentalized state in your psyche. It's like, First, you just got to decide <laughs> that that's where you always were and that's where you always were and, and accept the wholeness. It's like you, you can't. It's like a big lie to think we left nature. We're separate from nature. You can't leave nature. You can't leave existence. Existence is the only thing that exists. So playing in fiction is fictional. <laughs> and it's, it's like not as complicated as you might make it out to be in, in terms of like holding on to the the fragmentation and the identity that comes along with it. Uh, that we get attached to. Yeah, man. And I would also, I would add on to that. It can be, I mean, if you, if you care to engage this uh, ceremonially, it can be just as simple. It can be as simple as taking a bath or a shower or okay. changing, your, changing your clothes. Yes. I would, like, I would throw that in the mix too. Just want to make sure Kurt's uh, working. Is it alive? And then I, please continue your weave there, Gabe. Oh, that's that's all. I just wanted to say changing clothes and taking a shower are good ways for a simple reset on the private side. You don't got to go put put things in the newspaper and make sure that they that the whole world hears that you are now a, a new claimed being. It doesn't have to be like all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's private, then there's no one else to judge whether you did it right or not. You'll know. <laughs> Hey, buddy. Are you, are you with us, Kurt? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. There you go. We do hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, I, I can I can hear you guys okay, but I mean I don't know what it is, but I my connection is absolutely horrible. Sounds good now. Sounds better now. Yeah, you sound good, but maybe we still have a big delay. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Rose? Rose in the house. Good to see you. And I see Dylan in there. Lots of, you know, what's I, cool is we're not even losing people with all the tech. 
<laughs> Delays. People are still here. Yeah, I think that there's a big weave on the letter psi, the tertium quid, the three prongs, the trident. Yeah, way more with that. Yes. Or the line with the X through it. Like that's something that's new to me. I didn't realize that it was in earlier alphabets to actually align with an X through it. <laughs> right. Indicating and, the place where the cut would occur. Yeah, man. And you know, uh, I mean, this is a huge side weave, but in my symposium arrangement, position number three is a Rick Simakis. And he, he's the physician. He's the doctor. In his name is E-R-Y-X-I. Marcus. Uh, and in the tarot cards, he lines up with the hanged man, which is Ophiuchus, which is the uh, scapegoat pharmacos. Uh, and he also lines up with the empress card, who is in Pisces. So there's so much Jesus in that physician position of number three. And in the planetary correspondences, that is Neptune, who holds the trident. It's like so consistent symbolically throughout. It really blows my mind. Uh, and that's King Charles, by the way. King Charles, his cipher, his official cipher, is claiming the Neptunian uh, dominion with that. <laughs> All the psi ops are going to be under his flag. But I ain't buying it. It's bullshit. I call bluff. Rose, I'm shooting you the link. If you want to try that, you want to try Daisy chaining Kurt into the call. <laughs> That's cool. I'll send you the link. But oh, you know, sweet. another funny thing about uh, this whole question, though, is that with the Psy letter mm-hmm. and, you know, what it, what that, what we're discussing here with the cut and what it makes you like not a, you know, you become a fiction, not a man, right? In the whole sexual, social hierarchy thing, the sigma is, you know, an urban dictionary definition maybe, but like a sigma is a highly independent and successful and driven male. Like, <laughs> you know, basically independent, self-reliant type of person. And uh, the psi letter, Claudius brought, you know, Claudius brought three letters to the Latin alphabet, Emperor Claudius. And one of them was their version of the Psi, but they called it the anti-sigma. Whoa. Which is interesting. I know back then they weren't using sigma to mean what I'm talking about, but the anti-sigma yeah. is what they called it. And uh, it was so just that- an improvement on the alphabet because it allowed them to write the sound for PS without needing to put those two letters together. Right. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, in anti, it means away from, but it also means before. So it's like the 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 before sigma. Mm. That is that's fascinating. Uh, what were the what other two? What other two symbols did he bring? Do you remember? Uh, I can look it up. Claudio. Emperor Claudius. So uh, I always talk about how the word order has so many definitions. There's like 16, maybe more, depending on, oh, shoot, I see 18 here. You know, but it has the nine heavenly realms. It, uh, it includes uh, secret fraternal orders, secret societies. But for some reason, they actually list columns, uh, different styles of columns. And they have like the Ionic, the Doric, and the Corinthian. And then they add in like late arrivals, uh, the Tuscan. And the, 
Stylobate, S-T-Y-L-O-B-A-T. Uh, but I just think that's fascinating because uh, because it's, um, I think it also relates to the umbilical cord. This, uh, this idea of a column and uh, in uh, the cable and also what Kurt also often refers to as the, um, uh, what is it? The, oh, the um, terminus, the terminals. You know, uh, in law, they uh, talk about the terminals. You know, he's uh, he often quotes the uh, chapter 12 of the 67th Congress of 1921. And uh, the, uh, the things delivered whole on constitutional U.S. soil, uh, if, the, if there are both terminals in place, uh, then it's uh, then it's considered intact. Uh it's just fascinating how all these things relate. Oh, are these the other symbols? Wow. The digamma and a uh, letter that looks like a half H. Wow. Those are crazy wild looking. Right? The uh, anti-sigma is, a, is an interesting symbol. You know, the two terminal ends, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. That's it. Terminal ends. Thank you, Carrie. Big love, Carrie. So the anti-sigma is the double C's back to back there? Yeah, that's right. That, that's the Pisces symbol. Without oh, and, a it's, lot. and it's Psy. And it's yeah. their version of Psy. But it also would, uh, apparently they would use it for BS or PS. And man, I've been learning uh, to speak modern Greek, right? Yeah. And dude, it really validates a lot of the stuff we talk about with letter interchangeability because um, I'm in this program. It's a language program to learn to speak. And the even in the program, they'll be like, you know, They'll say a word one way and then they'll say it the other way, like S and SH interchanging, uh, V, T, H, D, all those being totally interchangeable. So uh, let me see if I can say something in Greek. Okay. So, Katleveno Ligo Elenica, Ala, then Ala, then Milao. <laughs> I think I just said, I'm pretty sure I just said, I understand a little Greek, but I don't speak it very well. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well done, sir. You sound like a genuine elf. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun language. Uh, it's like, very rhythmic, but yes. totally, you know, in a word like they'll say their version of goodbye. W- one way to say it is adio shush. But then yeah. like, so you hear at the end, the shush. Like yeah. SH and then SH, but then you'll hear the same guy saying it later and it'll be like, adios us. So like S and SH totally interchanging willy nilly. Yeah. And the same is going on with TH, D and V I'm noticing and B and P are really hard to distinguish with that language. So, yeah. and you know, the TH to V is one that didn't make it onto my chart. But when you think about it, it's like when we say, uh, certain letters with the th it's like like a big and then other times it's more of a quick like thing like the the versus think 
you know, the right. is almost a V sound. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm enjoying learning the language. I'm going to get familiar with a lot of languages this way and just treat it sort of like a, a workout routine, but for the mind and, right. you know, see what other kind of letter interchangeabilities make themselves more evident because a lot of what we talked about when we did that episode had to do mostly with the way that things kind of get muddled between alphabets. And there's also just the fact that, you know, you start trying to pronounce words from another, like that other people in another country are saying, and you realize very clearly, like, this is how Jennifer described it to me because she's learning Greek now by proximity. <laughs> uh, like some, like some languages, they might have like a more guttural and it's in the bottom of the throat type of jam. But like with Greek, what I'm noticing is all the energy is like in the front of the mouth, like on the, on the lips, on the, on the, all that, you know, sometimes just to pronounce, like to say, uh, I would like is Tathelo. And just to say that, I got to have like my tongue practically hanging out of my mouth. Tha, thelo. <laughs> yes. it's, uh, it's all the way out there. Just do it. So anyway, having fun with that. That's cool, man. It's it's so priceless to like really engage in the mechanics of the anatomy of language. Uh, I took a, a, a course in college where we actually learned like voiced bilabial stops and breathless bilabial stops and like each one of those categories are actually working your way through the mouth and you have to actually describe the shape of the throat, the shape of the tongue, the shape of the lips. Uh, and there's a whole system to that. Uh, but it's so fascinating to like, uh, and then to engage that in all these funky languages, they really bring it to the forefront. It makes it deliberate. And the more deliberate it is, the more capable you are of describing those differences like you just did. That's crucial. Hello, Rose. Rose. All right. I have Kurt here on the phone. Awesome. Thank thank God for Rose. Rose, you angel. I love you, Rose. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to be quiet now so Kurt can talk. Just pretend it's Kurt, not me. I mean, it is great, just pretend I'm not here. Well, I'm glad you're here, too, though. I'm glad both of you are here. Big time, big time. That's an impossibility, Rose. Come on. <laughs> I, I just, FYI, guys, I, I dropped off when I was hearing about every eighth word. Right. That's fine, man. And we don't even necessarily got to like, just keep this thing going too much longer for any reason other than how much fun we're having will we'll determine how long we keep going. So I'm glad you pop back in though. That's for sure. Yeah. Nice determination. We got to talk because what you guys bring to the table, I mean, it's, it's out of my area most of the time, but it makes perfect sense to me when I hear it. Uh, in fact, I, I chose the concept of right of way for the for the title of the book because you were talking about um, what I look at is a rite of passage, and I'm talking R I T E rite of passage. But what but that's what the right of way is. Think about it. When I'm in the womb, or when I'm when I'm ad- adhering to the wall of the uterus. What is the only thing I have to pass over? What land do I have to pass over? The motherland. That's the only land I have to pass, I have to get across. 
to get out of the womb, to come out of her. But what happens if somebody makes a claim upon the motherland and, and then landlocks me where I'm stuck inside of her? And that's what's happened to us. We're all landlocked inside of mother because by cutting the umbilical cord, they have actually cut off our way out, our, our right of way out of mother. That's the only way out of mother is the umbilical cord. So they cut off our way. We have lost our way, literally lost our way. And the reason right of way is such an important legal term, I'm going to go to it. And it's so fun to think about the simplicity of this stuff. That's If, if this is the last thing I say on this call tonight, I have to say it. <laughs> so let me, let, me, let me go to right of way real quick um, in Black's Law 5th edition. And just... I'm just going to go to three words that, that right of way brings, brings to the, uh, into the light. The, it says the right of way, the right of way rule rules. Another word for measure and the measure is the cut. So a right of way rule is simply a rule of precedence, precedence, precedence. That's all it is. So I'm going to go to the word precedence real quick. Precedence. And, and this is why I chose the concept of the right of way, because the umbilical cord is the way out of mother. It's the way out. Precedence. Let's see. Okay, I, I got it. So precedence, a precedent or precedent condition, it says, such as must happen or be performed both before. An estate can vest or be enlarged. An estate can vest or be enlarged. Remember, I'm talking about being landlocked inside of mom. If I don't have a right to cross over mother's land, I can't get out of her. So this is actually a, a, a right of passage over the motherland or over mother's land. Now, I in the book and, and in my calls regarding it, I, I tell people what the right of way actually is. But I'm just going to use the term right of way. But it says, such as must happen or be performed before an estate can vest or be enlarged. And we're talking about your biological estate, your godly estate, from fertilization to this moment, the entire estate. Not, not just the body you're using now, but all the biology that came before it. All the biology that came before it. Precedent. Precedence. So now I'm going to go to the word enlarged. And this is where it gets fun. Because think about it. All the time in the womb plus all the time out of the womb is the entire estate. But if they cut off the time in the, in the womb from the time out of the womb, you have two different um, times, time frames. Outside the womb is New Testament. Inside the womb is Old Testament. When you put Old and New Testament together, you got the entire Word of God, also known as white, W I, the color white, W I or W H I T E. That's the white man, the the entire man. What's really weird about this is that in order for me to enlarge my estate from the cut material, I have to add the indigenous person on the land. Or if I'm acting through the indigenous person on the land, the only way I can enlarge my estate is to add the time in the womb. When you add the time in the womb plus the time out of the womb, that is the largest, that's the entirety of your estate. So to enlarge your estate means this. I'm going to go to the word enlarge. 
And this is where it gets interesting. Enlarge. To make larger. To increase. To extend a time limit. To grant further time. Think about it. When they cut the umbilical cord, do you go beyond the cut? No. So that means only the time in the womb is considered or only the time outside the womb is considered. You have to put all of it together. You have to put Humpty Dumpty back together in order to have the entirety, the, the, your inheritance. Let's listen to the definition of enlarge again. To make larger, to increase, to extend the time limit, to grant further time, and here it is. Also, to set at liberty one who has been imprisoned or in custody. There it is. You can't come out of her, you can't come out of mother unless you enlarge the estate to include all the time outside of the womb. You have, that you have to enlarge that and you do it through a right-of-way. Hence the name of the book. Right-of-way is actually explaining all of that in a narrative, in a, in, a, in a conversation that I had with my friend Linda. That's what that book is about. It's explaining how you come out of mother, how you, how you lay claim to the entirety of your existence, and now you can own everything. You don't have to use any fucking trust. You don't have to use any agency. You don't have to use any administrative process. You, you own everything. And since all rights are associated with property, you ha and, and, and no dead man can own anything, the only way you can actually own your property is to be considered living from the beginning. Now you're the owner. You don't need any trust. You don't need to use a trust. You don't need to use a fictional character. You don't have to even identify with the decedent estate. I'm telling you right now, this shit is easy. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just excited to talk again. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to have you back, man. Enlarged, dude. I never thought about all the meaning encased in that. You know, one of the definitions of enlarge is to extend in discourse, to diffuse in eloquence, as in like to spread out in all directions, <laughs> to expand uh, with but words. Isn't that what we do, though? We expand in all directions from the beginning. The zygote expands in all directions. There is no forward or backward. There is no beginning or end for the zygote unless you include, unless you actually are considering the point at the center, like a circumpunct, but in three dimensions. Right. Yes. 3D, man. I love it. <laughs> Well, but, but, but if you're considering, and by the way, this, I, no offense to anybody, but see, I know what they're doing with the concept of flat earth, because if you go to the etymology of the word placenta, it'll say flat cake, flat soil, flat. It's basically flat earth with, with, with the baby or the fetus removed from the placenta. It flat, it's flat. It's considered flat, which is also known as the flat cake, and that's what placenta actually means. So the placenta is the flat earth, and it gives rise to a flat XY axis piece of paper that represents or represents the flat earth, which is the birth certificated character. That also is an XY flat earth character. So they're getting people to lay claim to a flat earth because by, by using that term or by saying, God damn it, Kurt, the earth is flat. Yes, it's a psyop for people to admit to the two-dimensional realm. None of us live in two dimensions, which means none of us live in a flat, in a flat earth. We don't live in that world. 
I, it's a, to me, it's a psyop both ways in the sense, like I can get behind what you're saying, but I also don't see any curvature in this waterline behind us on the image. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm not going to argue with people about that. I could care less about that. I'm telling I would you, call it earth shape agnostic is where I get where I land. Get people to lay claim to the X, Y axis. I'm with you, Kurt. God bless your heart, man. I'm so with you. I'm totally with you. I'm Earthshake agnostic as well, but I have to say that ter- that term does play into that paperwork, that papacy, the two-dimensional, you know, we, and people are hip to that. Like right now, you know, uh, the new conventions, they're calling it other things. They're moving away from that term and they're using other words uh, to like, that are not so weighed down. You know, we start using these words and they start, uh, they they have a strange effect over time. It's like if you say the word uh, placenta for 20 minutes, it starts to sound weird in your own ears. Uh, same thing with flat earth. Have now. you done that? Have you just <laughs> stared in the mirror and just said placenta for 20 minutes? Is that a question? Of course I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I get that, though. The talismanic power behind the phrase flat earth has a lot of different elements going on to it in terms of the immediate trigger and the immediate division that comes out of it. But, you know, so I'm, I'm over here totally seeing that point, but also seeing zero evidence that it's a a flying speck of dust in an infinite void shaped like a ball. So that's, uh, (laughs) that's my take on it. and, And again, I don't argue with people about that. I, I do struggle because when I blow a bubble, it, it automatically forms a, a, a sphere. Uh, it's just nature. Nature provides for that. Uh, just right. equilibrium, equilibrium alone right. forces it into a spherical shape. I'm just saying yeah. that on a larger scale, why can't, why aren't all of the planets the same thing? You know, yeah. it, it, and you know, I got one more thing to add to this and we are in good company because we all love each other and we can talk about these things without people getting their feelings hurt. We're all grown ups here, right? <laughs> one more, one more, one more thing to say about the possibility of playing into a psyop of flatness is there are three Reichs in a 390 degree Reich angles on a, on a globe make the triangle three Reich angles. And if you put a fourth Reich, if we move into a fourth Reich, it becomes a square. And that is a dangerous possibility that I don't want to fuel any more than may have already been fueled, that it moves a fourth Reich puts us into a square if we're not on something with some degree of curvature that has not been described very well. So I just wanted to kind of put that in. I think people know what I'm saying. I'm not saying flat earthers are Nazis. I'm saying that a fourth right is going to bring us into four, uh, the four corners of paperwork. And that's what we're moving away from. And by, by the way, um, what's his face back in 18, I don't know, the 1880s wrote a, a book called Flatland. Um, and, and, and it was it was the idea of a world built on an X, Y axis. And, and this guy was part of the Fabian Society or whatever, and he what? was looking at the rest of the world that will that would adhere to a character born to a page. And then Flatland, the XY axis on a page, there is no up or down. There's only the front and front and back. They're, they're moving forward and backwards. 
you know, and, and sideways. There's no up or down, which means there's no third dimension. There's no consciousness. There right. is none of that. And, and, and who, who was it that wrote Flatland? Um, yeah, if you can remember, I would love to know because they tell Ed, us that. Ed, uh, Edwin Abbott. I, I, I think that's a, that's a pseudonym as well. But Ed, Edwin Abbott, 1884. When you read that book or when you watch the first version of that film, you'll realize that these people already had this in mind to put yes. people on paper or to chain God to a piece of paper. They did it. And what do, and what do they tell us? The man, a man's chromosome is an XY. We're on an XY chromosome. That is a man. And of course that's a fiction as well. They're trying to lock us into the curse of fiction, man. It, it's so fascinating. If every book in the world burned today, I'd still be sitting in this chair. I don't require any paper to exist. I don't require any beliefs to exist. I'm here in spite of everybody's ideas. That's right. No more appeal to authority. No more. We are the authors. That's what's up, Kurt. That's right. And you get to define the words that you're using to mean what you say they mean. And nobody gets to define them for you. Yes, I love that. I love that. You know, that's something that uh, Spinoza did. Uh, Spinoza, like, made his own glossary of terms. And if you even care to engage with me, you got to read my glossary first, which I haven't read it. It's freaking heady. <laughs> Spinoza was one of my favorites. I mean, I, I, I got three or four of, of his his uh, writings that I, I love that stuff. But But again, I don't deal with any of these these things going on around me because they're meaningless to me. Even if the world is not a globe, I could care less because there's more important things to discuss. <laughs> you know, for me, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, a, a platonic solid. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting though. Cause you know that this goes either way. Like if you think that, it's a globe and that the flat thing is a fiction. And now people believe in fiction as reality. That's, you know, one take. And then the other take being that they've got the whole world convinced of a fictional globe being the reality either, you know, either, either way it's uh, I think that the biggest part is to get people to deny this evidence of their own senses and the experience of their own actual their own actual life and reality for a narrative for something that came in a paperback novel or on a flat screen, star Wars, the movies. So, you know, the, in terms of the, the globe, we've got the GPS system. That's a Cartesian grid. That's not a sphere. You've got sextants, for navigation used since time immemorial requiring a right angle for the trigonometry to work, to calculate distances, meaning a a plane. And Mm -hmm. so I do get the, though I'm not trying to harp on this point, but I do get the, you know, the, the mind spell behind saying flat earth as if it's two dimensional, because, you know, either, either cosmology, there's no flatness, there's elevation, there's thickness, there's the three dimensions of length with height, no matter what. And that book you referenced, Flatlanders, is a really good example of where uh, the science fiction started becoming 
uh, transplanted into people's worldview as if it was the reality. And even using terms like dimension outside the scope of what they actually meant, which are measurable uh, things that are attached to each other. You know, the three dimensions, the, the only actual dimensions that are dimensions, length, width, or height, exist always in connection to one another and are as self-evident in everything in the reality. But then we start coming up with this idea of dimensions beyond that and higher dimensions. And <laughs> that's where the aliens are. And they use this Flatlander book as the example, like, oh, well, we're like the guy who's on a piece of paper and he doesn't know there's another higher dimension beyond the piece of paper. Yet right. <laughs> there's zero evidence in this reality that that claim is being made from, you know, it's all it's all mental gymnastics and science fiction masquerading is some kind of uh, physics. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the big that's the big issue overall is fiction masquerading as a cosmology all over. Well, and base and, and this again because I only deal with definitions, um, and, and I, I that's the only way I can think. I mean, if I ever if I if I finally get past all this and I start looking at the flat Earth situation, I'll probably be the same way that I am with this with <laughs> flat Earth, and and I'm I'm either going to say it's all fucking bullshit. Or I'm going to say, yes, I, I agree with it. It's going to be either or. It's not going to be this middle ground nonsense. But and, and I probably would find out all the way down, like I did with this, that. No, what, my point is that I understand that the manipulation is so giant. I mean, when I hear the word climate change, when I hear the Pope talking about climate change, something, the word climate, I know nobody knows what that means. I already know that. So when I go to the definition of climate and they're talking about climate change and they're trying to deal with this climate change, I know what it means. If I ask you guys what you think climate change means, I mean, and I, I'm going to do it right now. Screw it. Tell me what you think when they're talking about climate change. What what is the climate that's changing? I think the, the mutability of information is uh is has become more and more nebulous to the extent that uh, they can change definitions any day they choose to i'll throw out there that in a more archaic usage climate could be a verb referring to where you dwell or your place of residency <laughs> the region you reside in so maybe climate change has to do with the uh, change in status of residency going on i don't know I, I, I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I think climate change, and I'm using definition number three at Merriam-Webster, it says the prevailing influence or environmental conditions characterizing a group or period. The climate is the, is the prevailing influence, the mindset of the masses. That's, the zeitgeist. Yes, that's what's changing, and they can't handle that. They can't control this change or this awakening, that's the climate that they're trying to, to, to get a grip on. And I'm saying that the awakened man, or, or you know what I mean, that, yep. that's going to be an impossibility for them. They're not going to be able to get past reality, which is the only reason I only talk the way I, the way I talk. I'm not interested in any ideas at all 
zero ideas. I don't care about any ideas. I, what I do know to be true is from fertilization to last breath, I am. That's it. Don't care about anything else. And so all of the stories, all of the ideas that, that I'm bombarded with on a daily basis, I could give a rat's ass because it's not important. I have to exist first before any of that shit amounts to anything. And right now, nobody exists on paper. Nobody does. Not a single one of us exists on paper. So they're dealing with all of our property in trust because we have chosen a, a fictitious capital G Genesis narrative over a small G Genesis reality. I love it. That's I love it. I could care less about the rest. I won't argue. I don't really care enough to even argue about any of that shit. I, I don't care. It's not even important to me. No. Nope. So, uh, Kurt, uh, have you read Paradise Lost? Yes. Excellent. Giant library. <laughs> yes, that's great. So I, I I went over it a few months back and I was absolutely flabbergasted. You came to mind instantly when I read about the uh the battle in heaven before before Lucifer and the angels came to fell through the fall. Nine days of falling, nine days of laying about. Uh but while they were still up there, uh it, Lucifer turned to the angels and said, Do you remember? your moment of creation. And that was what get, put doubt in the minds of the other angels to spark off the revolution so that they would rebel. Do you remember that part of the book? Yes. And, and, and that's where I did. I realized literally what heaven was. <laughs> yeah, the three of us are on a phone call. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you kind of a fictitious location based upon the only words I have available. I'm I'm sitting in a chair um, located in a in a fictional town called Rockford, Illinois, or a fictional town in state Rockford, Illinois, which is just 13 or 15 miles south of the Wisconsin the fictional Wisconsin border. So I'm sitting right here, but I'm talking to you two guys. Where where are you located? Tell me where you're located physically. Here and now. No, I want to, uh, physically. I want to, I want to, um, give me someplace that, that on a map I can find you. On a map, I'm in southwest Missouri. Okay, southwest Missouri. Yep, northern Indiana. Okay, so, so we're in three different physical locations, correct? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if we're in three different locations, how can we? Like, is it a trick question with Kurt? I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's going to, it, it's going to, it's going to seem like it, but it's not. And in fact, it's such a beautiful thing to understand that right now we're we're in three physical different locations. And if I said, "Well, how are we communicating?" You're going to say by telephone, but that's not that's not true. The telephone is the medium or the medium through which we can hear each other. But where are we actually communicating? We're communicating in heaven. The mind. Yes. That's where we're meeting. We're meeting in heaven right now. So if we fall from heaven, it's because we're not meeting. And that's what's happening is, is all of us have fallen out of heaven because we've lost consciousness, the ability to actually meet up 
where 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 it all makes sense. <laughs> narratives are bullshit. That's not heaven. It's, it's it's probably more like hell. But the only place we can meet is in heaven or in consciousness. When we lack consciousness, we can't meet. Physically, if I if we all got together and we're standing in the middle of my living room right now and we hugged, we group hugged, we would still be separated. The only place we can actually meet is in consciousness or heaven. So when we fall from heaven, we're falling from consciousness. That's what's happened. Wow. It's interesting, too, because, you know, we're we're meeting in our heavens through the medium of technology and technology. If you look up that definition from the old dictionary before it was applied to consumer electronics and computers and iPhones, it means language. Technology meant a like terms of art was literally what it referred to or, you know, technical jargon related to a, a skill or a trade kept secret by a guild. And the secret of letters itself, and when humanity achieved that, you know, I, 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 there's one way to look at it as if that allowed us to meet in the heavens via one mind transmitting directly into another mind, even without the exchange of sound or something happening between them and the physical. You know, you could just leave the note laying there and someone finds it. But on the other hand, what if that technology was the first, you know, those letters on that first slip of papyrus was actually the initial cut off from the true meeting of the minds in the heavens via some kind of more direct consciousness experience of what we would now call telepathy. You know, cause right. I, I could totally see that. I could totally see that the in the uh, onset of technology was the division from the heavens was the fall of man. Like, the uh the the apple of the of Eden could very well have been the development of this technology that we call language separating yes. us from the in, interconnection in some way oh there's so much here there's so much here all at once the apple of discord the, of discordance uh the breaking of tongues the splitting of tongues so that nobody can understand each other anymore i want to put a bunch of things on the table real quick i'll try to be concise but uh, it, there's a, a fascinating uh, linguistical truism that um, uh, it has to do with the division of uh, Normandy versus the Anglo-Saxons. And after uh, the Anglo-Saxons conquered the Normans, the word that we use to describe swine, a living animal, is a Normand term. We use the language of the Normans to describe the animal when it's alive. But then when we describe it on our plate, the meat, it, it becomes pork. And we use the Anglo-Saxon word. That's and so true there, for all the, the livestock animals. So there's this strange... Cow and beef, you know? Yes. So we use one language for when it's alive and another language for when it's dead. Could it possibly be that that division of the living and the dead is a linguistical cleaving that only the clever can re re amalgam and put together so that we can actually speak of one tongue instead of a split tongue with dual definitions, 16 definitions for every word we use. And then I also want to put forward the curse of Cassandra. Cassandra, uh, she earned the ability to prophesize the future, uh, but because she didn't please Apollo and uphold her end of the bargain, he put a curse. He licked her lips 
so that nobody would believe her prophecy. And I believe that there is actually language that can do that, that we lose the ability to believe one another because every word we say has 16, 17 different definitions until we're in this a multiverse of potentialities when we speak. So I just wanted to put all that on the table because I think it all relates to what we're saying. We can't, uh, we're trying to meet in heaven, but we have to uh, kind of have this common, shared common ground that we can agree on what the terms mean. Oh, yeah. It's like the difference between knowing and like just trying assuming (laughs) because with uh, the way we use language with the mini diction of Aries definitions, you have assumptions that what they said is what you think it meant. But if we were actually meeting in the realm of the heavens or consciousness or that's feeling and, you know, a feeling don't lie (laughs) when you feel something, you know it, you know what it is. So maybe we did have some sort of communion through feeling that was much more direct and it is a schisming of sorts to try to converse through the verbiage but uh, the the concept of the meeting of the minds which and when i say that where we're meeting in heaven a, a meeting of the minds is also an agreement so we're already agreeing on the ideas of the terms if we're in heaven together because it's only the discord which would separate us within that with, within that realm. We wouldn't actually be able to meet there if there was discord. Now, what's weird about all of this is that the, right now I'm using this device, and thank you, Rose, for, for making this work. Thank um, you, Rose. What, what, yeah, well, she's the one that, that, that interfaced me with you guys again. Well, here's what's interesting is that the breath of God, I mean, people talked about Constitution this and the Constitution that, but they don't even know what the term constitution actually implies. If somebody says, well, well, Kurt, your constitutional rights, well, what are you talking about? Constitution. And this is going to get back to breath and, and heaven, but, but just give me a minute, a minute here to lay this out. My constitution is not some 1789 document. That's for a different government altogether. My government is the one upon my shoulders, and the one upon my shoulders has, is, it has a biology, it has a breath, and it has a consciousness, mind, body, and spirit. That's my constitution. So I, I, I have no interest in, in some government born or created through a paper constitution in 1789. That's not my government. My government is upon my shoulders, my consciousness. Now, what's interesting about that is, as a whole, W-H-O-L-E, man, from fertilization to this moment, there is no piece of me that is outside of my purview, outside of my memory. Here's what happened. I have a book in my hand right now called Memoirs of the Medical Society of London, instituted in the year of 1773. Now, this book, to me, was the, was the brightest light, one of the brightest lights that I, I discovered along my, my journey. There is, and by the way, you use the word letters. I'm telling you right now, I keep harping on that R period, Curtis R period, Kallenbach. That R period makes me literally a man of letters. The letters were described in this memoir in 1773, and that letter, that R period, identifies something very specific that is missing in the Roman Catholic system because it's missing since 1302 when Pope... Pope Boniface... I I think it was Boniface. He actually said... Uh, Bonifacio. With that, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, he, he, he basically laid claim to the afterbirth through the human creature. What I'm getting at is that piece that was cut off or that piece that's left behind as the human creature is, is, is both the Madonna and child or Jesus and Mary aspect in their belief system. But, and this is where the mind, body, and spirit is so critical. That afterbirth material dies becoming a decedent estate, devoid of breath. Only, I mean, I can only speak because I have the breath within me and that breath crosses or passes through a biological vocal cord that I'm controlling to allow for sounds to be um, expressed that are then interpreted by both of you guys from the same position or the same meaning as I'm intending. Unless you just completely take everything I say out of context, we're on, we're, we're actually understanding each other through the breath passing over my vocal cords that I'm controlling. I am the Lord master over this biology. So I, the breath of God is, is actually being spoken and heard through your ears and interpreted through your minds and brains. But again, it's through a constitution of mind, body, and spirit where we can actually meet in heaven. Here's what's important about this book. This, this book written in 1773 on page Actually, this is in a preface. It says, in printing the memoirs of the society, the fellows and corresponding members are distinguished by initials affixed to their names from the other respectable gentlemen of the faculty who have kindly furnished valuable communications. Let me say that again, fellows and corresponding members. The fellow is the baby and the corresponding member is the cutoff material. It goes on to say, in the recollection of the enjoyment of the company and labors of their members, the society cannot but regret the loss of any individual of their body. To, the, to preserve, however, some honorable memorial of their former associates, it is proposed to introduce in the publications of the society memoirs of their deceased members. They're talking about a birth certificate. And the member is the cut material. They're saying that the fellow, the baby, and the corresponding member, the afterbirth, are one. And, and they're identified as one by affixing or initials to their names. The R period represents the cut material, the spiritual side, the deceit, the Jesus fish. Absolutely. And the period Kallenbach is a man of letters. Kurt, how about this one? You know, we we talk about letters. We, we're describing, you know, sounds, symbolic, you know, symbols to represent our sounds of speech or a written document. But in a more old sense, and you know, it still makes sense to say it like this today, but we don't really use it this way. A letter is one who permits or one who retards or hinders. Also, a letter is one who gives vent. And you go look up the definition of vent and you'll be on a whole new rabbit hole. But suffice to say, it could refer to many things other than opening a small hole or aperture for something to pass through. Vent can refer to 
uh, commerce, like buying or selling. And it can also be a word that means passage from secrecy to notice, publication. So, you know, the man of letters is the one who gives vent, the one who, you know, brings something from the private to the public, essentially puts it up for sale. You know, that's uh, or stops that from happening. The, the letter, the letter is a, a fascinating rabbit hole. The old definitions of that word. Oh, yeah, yeah. People, guys, you could you could just learn so much just by going reading old dictionaries and jumping from word to word. It's a that's a valid research path for sure. Which is what basically I, I, I've done for 14 years. And what's interesting about this is it still doesn't matter. No matter what anybody says or what anybody's doing, it doesn't change the truth of the matter from fertilization to this moment. They can say anything they want. They can, they can punish you at any level, but it doesn't make it true what they're doing. And that's why I, 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 the only thing I will ever stand on at this point under all circumstances is John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free because it already is true. Everybody that feels like you're, they're being subjected to some nonsense, they, it's their own nonsense they're being subjected to. We're, we're, we're not in any matrix. The matrix means mother, and we're all out of mother already. But if we keep claiming the material that's adhering to mother, that is still attached to mother, which is the afterbirth, the afterbirth material, that birth certificated material is still in mother on paper. So again, to come out of her is all we have to do. And the only thing we have to do to come out of her is to recognize the evolutionary process from fertilization of this moment. And we're done. Their entire system collapses when people understand all present and accounted for from fertilization, the last breath. It doesn't even matter what, what's going on. But nobody, everybody wants to celebrate that, that literally goddamned birthday. <laughs> well said, sir. Well said. I, w- I want to throw something at you while I have you, while I'm blessed by your presence. I just want to ask you, I know we don't give medical advice here, uh, but I want to ask, uh, what are your thoughts on the concept of placenta phagy and the mother eating the placenta? Uh, has that has that come into your research very much? I, I, I'm... I'm I, let me say it in a way that, uh, well, it's hard for me not to be offensive. <laughs> I I think that um, humans, as we would we would perceive each other, or, or Homo sapiens sapiens, whatever you want to call, I'm just going to say for the lack of of the inability to to uh, get this across, humans never ate the placenta. Never. That, that, that's bullshit. And they're getting, they're laughing at us because they're getting people to believe that man ate the placenta. Other animals do. Man never did. In fact, what's really weird about the whole biblical concept, the Jesus concept, where, where did the baby, I mean, according to the Christmas songs and what have you, where did they place the baby Jesus? What did he sleep in in his first night? You know, at the at, you know in the basement of the inn or whatever. Where did they place baby Jesus? They swaddled him and put him in the crib. They put him in a what? They they a manger. A manger. A manger. What is a manger? It's a feed trough for animals. 
Look up the definition of manger, and it's a trough. It's a food trough for animals, feeding farm animals. Well, why is Jesus in a food trough? Because he's the afterbirth. Holy shiza, Manili. I'm, I'm telling you, that's... People don't realize is that when they're saying they put baby Jesus in a manger, it's because the Jesus character is the second coming afterbirth, second coming after the baby. That's the afterbirth. They put the afterbirth in a manger for the wow. animals to feed off of. Okay, just a quick footnote: there is uh, the crib is in the uh, the crab. It's literally in Cancer. There's a crib, uh, small constellation inside. That is blowing my mind because cancer, cancer is the keystone. See the answer. It's the jewel of the eye. That is really something, Curse. So the placenta fed to the animals. Yes, the Jesus fed to the animals, which they do it still to this day. They call it the body and blood. They just have it represented by a wafer and some wine. Right. They're feeding the animals. It's one, and think about this. This is cannibalism at its highest level. Man alive. I was not ready for that answer, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it, it's, it's actually pretty fun. Um, and and it, this all just, it just comes out of definitions, but, but maybe a little bit of attention deficit, maybe. Um, but it is, it is really fun. And I'm telling you right now, when, when you understand the, the Israel of, of, of 1948-49, when you understand what, what happened at the UN level in 1945, when you understand um, Chapter 12, 67th Congress in 1921, when you understand all these things, they're all talking about the placenta. All of them. They're always talking about that fetal maternal organ that everybody's fighting over. That's the war. And the moment you... You, you back to the future this and get in front of the cut. So there is no cut. When there is no cut, there is no war. There's no war between church and state over that, over God. And that's what they're doing. They're fighting over God. They're fighting over the father. By the way, I mean, again, I and my father are one. People don't understand. I mean, in the Bible, that's, that's what it says. Well, guess what? My dad, if people understand this at this level, my dad only gave me 23 chromosomes. Well, how many do I have? I have 46. Well, if, if I and my father are one, then I would have the same chromosomes as him. I would have the same 46, but I don't. My mom gave me 23 and my dad gave me 23. So if the Bible's correct in saying I and my father are one, who are they talking about? They're talking about the zygote. See, I'm the offspring of the zygote. The zygote, the single-cell zygote, has 46 chromosomes, the exact same chromosomes as me. And by the way, the zygote then subdivides. And, and, and remember, this is the ark. This is the ark. This is the archive. This is the, 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 the DNA archive, the covenant between you and all your ancestors. That, that zygote is the ark. And inside the ark, the embryo, the fetus, and the baby is Noah. 100 percent carrying you is the ark and you are noah and you're dealing with this flood and everything dies and all that's left is you you get i mean the boat carries you all the way to the land and and here you are they it deposits you on the land and everything starts over here's the deal 
the zygote is the father of the embryo. The offspring of the zygote, just like the oak tree is the offspring of the acorn, I am the offspring of the zygote. The zygote is my father. I and my father are one. We have the same 46 chromosomes, and I'm the offspring of the zygote. Thank you, Dad, for, 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 for depositing your 23 chromosomes, but I differentiate the father from which I come from my dad. By the way, the father also dies for me to be here. That, that extra embryonic material, all that zygotic material is, is sacrificed at the port of entry. It dies. It becomes the heavenly father. And then here I am deposited on the planet, on earth. So I and my father are one because the baby and the zygote, its origin, are one and the same. My 46 chromosomes and the zygote's 46 chromosomes are identical. My dad only gave me 23. So I definitely differentiate my dad from, from my father, which is the zygote. Dang. It's giving me a lot to think of, man, especially yeah. the placentophagy. You know, I'm going to do some more digging into that, but I, you might be right that there's not really any record of its existence in terms of human placentophagy in uh, historic human civilizations. It's, it is extremely rare. Um, and the cannibalism element of it does kind of fit the bill of the vampire predator class of the legal sorcery priestcraft you know that's interesting yep. yeah i mean where i was at before this moment i was thinking a lot along the lines of like listen to fade you good it's they tell you not to do it or it's not popular it's probably because it's actually good but i don't know man there are there is evidence supposedly that it can help stop the hemorrhaging of a mother who's bleeding badly after a pregnancy or after delivery. That's possible. Um, you know, I still think whatever somebody's own uh, intuition and inner guidance system tells them to do when they have their child, they get to be the authority of that. So, yeah, and I never really thought about the <laughs> the father being sacrificed in terms of uh, having two dads, you know, that is in all the mythos is uh, the heavenly father. And then like the human foster father. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I, again, it's not real hard when you're just sticking with the simple uh, facts, um, attaching all kinds of beliefs and ideas and, and what have you is the problem. I don't, I don't have, I mean, I know who my dad is. I, I, I had a great I had a great dad, but I also know that I'm the offspring of the zygote. My dad and and his 46 chromosomes and mine are completely unique. They are different beyond different. So, but I'm identical to the zygote, and I am the offspring again. Like the like the mighty oak came from that acorn. I came from that single cell, and I think this is where the the, the miracle aspect of all this comes in. People don't understand that that evolution from a single cell to the people that are on this call right now, unbelievable. That's, that's, that's unbelievable to consider. And yet people are going to say, uh, Darwin, uh, I didn't come from a monkey. Oh, I didn't say that. 
You got to understand the difference between what the church is trying to tell you um, evolution is from what evolution actually is. Evolutionary process occurs all day long, entire your entire life. But they're telling you that evolution only means monkey to man. Because if you agree to the evolutionary process, get, guess, guess what you get? You can, you can go all the way back to the zygote if you agree to, to, to evolution. But you can't if you don't agree with evolution. They, you, you cut yourself off from reality when you deny evolutionary process because it is a matter of fact. So they're getting everybody to agree that only outside the womb, only this 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 New Testament outside the womb existence, uh, you know, and, and then you have to have faith, faith between the birthday and creation. That's where they're saying that's where they control everything is that faith between the birthday, the cut and back to origin or fertilization. That's the faith part. You got to have faith. No, you don't. Not if you have knowledge. I love it. I love it, Kurt. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad you came back with the uh, with the Rose connection, man. Thank you so much, Rose. What what a good what a good word. I mean, by the way, what's really funny is when you were talking about the apple. Um, what was it? Uh, Foreigner, the band Foreigner, sang. You know, it was a Monday, a day like any other day. I left the small town for the apple in decay. I mean, Whoa. Monday, moon day is actually the lunar aspect and the lunar aspect, the lunar calendar or, or the, the calendar that is not the solar calendar. The Gregorian calendar is a solar calendar for, for outside the womb. The lunar calendar is for uh, uh, the inside the womb, and the Hebrew calendar is for both. What's interesting about that is is that if you're using all these different calendars, you're you're, you're breaking apart reality, and the only ones that control the whole in the womb and outside the womb is the Hebrew calendar. It's the uh, lunar solar calendar or solar lunar. I don't I don't know how it's how it's pronounced. So, again, if you don't have the whole story, and this is one of the greatest finds also in the last six months, is I, the word white, yes. W-H-I-T-E. That was, this is the most amazing thing. When I looked up the biblical connotation of white, it said um, basically the word of God as a whole. That's what white is. It, it shows up in the Bible like 73 times. And it, it ultimately it says white means the word of God as a whole. Well, to me, if the, if, if the Bible is the word of God, then it's the whole Bible, which is the word of God as a whole, which means Old Testament and New Testament. You can't cut it apart. You can't separate it. So you have the um, Old Testament plus the New Testament, which equals white. Old Whoa. Testament in the womb. Old Testament's in the womb, New Testament's out of the womb. You put those two together and you got one unbroken, faultless lifetime, and that's the white man. Who's the person of color? I didn't say black man. Who's the person of color? The corporate fiction that is the decedent estate. So they have the colorable man. Right. Which is the decedent estate, the dead one, the dead man. Valentine. You're a dead man. 
Remember that in trading places? <laughs> wow, man. Wow. So he's choking, he's choking the person of color after his waking up from what he thought was a bad dream. And he says, Valentine, you're a dead man. Valentine was the person of color. And the person of color is a decedent estate or the dead man, the birth certificated person. That's the person of color. It has nothing to do with melanin. It has nothing to do with, with coming from Africa. It has to do with the, the, the civil war and Rome coming in and, and, and creating a, a vestment or, or a vested character, an ecclesiastical character that allows, which, which is basically the citizenship. So they in, in the Civil War, what they did is, is Rome came over and took over everything by creating a civil society. And that civil society was created. The 14th Amendment citizen came, came out of that. And, and, and what else came out of it? Civil rights came out of it. What else came out of it? Um, my favorite thing of all about the Civil War was the Reconstruction Acts. What, what needs to be reconstructed? What is, the, what, is, what is the operation that's going on in the courtroom? Reconstructive surgery. What are they doing? They're using a prosthetic citizen to reattach what they cut off. The, the arc, the biological arc that they took from you, they created a prosthetic vessel, a commercial vessel, to replace it. So again, you have a prosthetic that, is, that they're using to reconstruct the reconstructive um, acts or reconstructive surgery, which is what's happening in the courtroom, or you have the salvation from the church, and that that's the prescription, prescripture, the prescription of Jesus. That's what you have. You have a salve, a salvage operation on the admiralty side, the state side, and the church side. You have a salvation or a prescription. So that you have a prosthetic vessel on state side. And you have a prescription on the church side. The official separation of church and state occurred in the Civil War. And, 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 but in reality, it doesn't matter what they say. The truth will always make you free. Man, that was such a good weave, Kurt. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chance, can you, uh, can you pull up uh, Circumscripta? Recently, yeah, uh, Kurt, recently I learned about, um, you've probably heard of when a person has a, a near-death experience or something traumatic or like, or they see a ghost, they say, that a part of their body will turn white. Have you heard of that, Kurt? Mm, uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, some people, they get it on their eyebrows. Some people will get like a, a shock of their hair will turn white instantly, like just like that at the um, at the moment of the event. And it it's it has a couple different names, but one of the names is circumscripta. And that stood out to me as very significant because we know about this uh, uh, changing our nature into this two dimensional paperwork of of a white sheet of of paper. And it has a couple. It has another scientific name. It's like. Uh, I forget the other name, but uh, I have a, I have an idea, Kurt, and I think it's uh, it's just something to uh, an idea to keep in your pocket that may or may not have meaning. Um, but uh, I believe that after some cycle of electoral malarkey and bullshit, I think that of the 
there's going to be a lady president in the future. And I think it will be a very uh, significant event. I think that uh, I think they're lining up um, Tulsi Gabbard to be the uh, to be a president, maybe not this round, but the one after. And what is fascinating is she has a shock of white hair. She has the circumscripta. And all of this is very meaningful to me because I have learned also that uh, the lotus birth causes the umbilical cord to turn white. And once the umbilical cord is white, it's like the fruit is ripe. And that is the time that a lot of people will wait to cut the placenta. And that changing of it from its uh, red color to the white color is also a form of circumscripta. And so I just thought I would put all that. I thought I would put that on your radar because it seems significant that we're going to go through a grand reset and there's a lady president, a mother, a matriarch who's going to be, I think, the next presidentess. Well, it's interesting. I want to throw out there in the Webster's 1828 dictionary, white, W-I-G-H-T, is a living being. Like a man, living man or living woman. W-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Here's what's interesting about that civil war and that that District of Columbia that was created or what they call the Organic Act of 1871. What's really strange is two two major things happened the same year. And the, the a new term was created in 1871 and it was called Phantom Limb. Phantom Limb was created in 1871. The term, the idea. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm not joking. So when they when they cut off when they cut the umbilical, think about it. So somebody comes off, they 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 take a chainsaw and they cut off my arm, but I still feel that arm for the rest of my life. Of course, later on they come and they offer me a a uh, a, a prosthetic arm to replace the one they cut off, which is the birth certificated person. What I'm getting at is that. That phantom limb is the ghost. We keep feeling the ghost, that piece of us that was cut off, is the birth certificated ghost. And another thing happened in 1871 that is is absolutely hands down related to this. And it was a court case um, called Haslam versus Lockwood. And what that was is some people were, were riding their horses. Actually, they were in a carriage and they were going uh, on, a, on a city street, a, a, a road. And the horses, um, while they were walking or pulling this carriage through the town, were pooping in the streets. In other words, the waste material of the horses would fall to the ground. And um, the owners of the horses who ultimately owned that waste material, obviously, they weren't picking it up. They were just leaving it there. And then what happened is, you know, some guy, because remember, this is 1871, a guy would come and he'd, he'd rake it up into heaps because he's going to be able to sell it as fertilizer. So, I mean, the horse poop, the waste material, one man's trash, becomes another man's treasure. So the owners of the poop, the owners of the waste, abandon it. And then upon that abandonment, somebody's able to lay claim to that abandoned waste material that is laying on the ground. Now, the first owners of that waste material is the owners of the ground, which was actually the borough through which uh, on the, the street. The borough was the uh, owner of the waste material. But since they made no claim upon it, then the guy that was raking it in the heaps had a claim. What's interesting is another guy came 
overnight and took those heaps before the other guy came back the next day. That's where the court case came into play, where these two guys were arguing over the waste material. Um, the reason this is an important case is because only upon the presumption of abandonment of the waste material was it made available for somebody else to take, just like the afterbirth. If the afterbirth is not abandoned, then it's always our property. So when they clamp and cut the cord and, and we forget about it or leave it behind, they're presuming that we have, that we have willfully abandoned this part of our life or this we, we have forsaken uh, this part of our biology, so it's now able to be taken by somebody else. That's that's Haslam versus Lockwood, and then of course that same year they come up with the term called phantom limb, and then of course they have the District of Columbia, which is where this material falls to the ground. So, what I'm getting at is the cut, and we're talking about that same. Um, white aspect of the of, of the umbilical cord or whatever all of this plays into the biology all the time but when you're whole from fertilization to this moment or when you are the only occupant ever and you have never abandoned that property because you're still using it today then all of their arguments all of their claims are moot they don't they just fall away and that's what i'm trying to get across to people it's not hard when you stick with the truth of the matter, none of this is hard. If you actually know the moment of creation. And one last thing I'm going to say about the, the, what I love about this kind of material is biologically, the, the, the materials that make up this biology, these, this 46 chromosomes is the same material as the earth or the stars or whatever. There, it, it's not localized, in my case, to Illinois. It's not localized to Winnebago County. So I don't get to say I'm from Illinois because my biology says I'm from everywhere. I can't say that I'm, I'm, a, 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 I'm from or I'm a state national because that's a lie. I, my biology says otherwise. Now, so I can't actually lay claim to Greece or Germany or any place else that my, my grandparents came from because their biology also came from everywhere. So there's no way for me to actually lay claim to anywhere on earth specifically when my biology tells a different story. Now that's just the biology. What about the breath or the, or, or the mind or consciousness? Where did that come from? I don't know. And nobody else does either. Nobody else gets to pretend that they know where the spirit or consciousness comes from. All I'm saying is, I don't know. So there's no way I can lay claim to any of this nonsensical bullshit like state national or I'm a citizen of this or I, you know, because none of it's true. I'm not from here. And if I'm not actually from here, I'm alien. I'm alien. I'm foreign to everything they're doing. I'm so far outside of their jurisdiction, but I know it at this level that there's no way that Illinois can lay claim to me. There's no way the United, I'm part of or party to anything the United States is doing. No church, no state, nobody can make a claim upon my existence at any point. That's how simple this crap is. I'm so deep down. down, we knew all of it. We always knew. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. <laughs> We've known it from the beginning. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who died and made you boss? 
that's <laughs> the movie um, years ago, and now it makes sense to me. Who died and made you boss? Well, uh, apparently I did. <laughs> That's, <good. laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> the answer to the age-old question. <laughs> wow, that is so profound, Kurt. <laughs> it's, it's fun, though. It's really fun, isn't it? I mean, that's the whole point. It's really fun. This is fun, and by so again, comedy or tragedy. I'm saying comedy. <laughs> man i love that that is such a good one apparently i did <laughs> you guys want to put a bow on this we got we got uh, some closing thoughts yeah, we can yeah. lay out i love it thank you thank you for hanging in there when i when i was all discombobulated Oh yeah, no, no problem, man. We're glad that you were able to come on. It was a little bit of a last minute, put it together. So appreciate that a lot, dude. And uh, Rose, again, thank you. You got to come just hang out on a vibrant with us. Just like, but actually, you be there and talk to us, Rose. Sometime we got to do that. Yeah, she's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, you got any closing questions for Kurt? Hey, do you guys, you guys, you guys have my email. Um, let me know if there's anything I could do for you. I, I'll, I'll support you in any way I can. The- yeah, man, I I picked up the new book from Amazon while we were talking, and I've been meaning to get into New Word Order, so I'll do that as well and see if uh, there's anything specific I want to, you know, cover from out of that material. It, it may be observations that I can add to it, or Gabe can. Yeah, we'll do it again, man. And if you just want to come on and talk about some certain thing, you let me know that you've got an open invitation. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and again, if for domestic orders, people can actually go directly to the, uh, I think it's www.rightofway.life. Um, and domestic orders can go that way. Again, it's at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I think if people understood that that book is a tool that can be used because it, it applies to all of us. The words in there, my testament, my testimony in that book, it applies to all of us. And I don't believe there's a court anywhere that can get past it um, because they're, they, they require that, that fault. If you're innocent from fertilization to this moment, there is no jurisdiction. First Corinthians 2.15, and the spiritual man shall be judged by no man. It's over. This this game is over. I am so down. And, yeah, Kurt, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're in the Telegram too now. Uh, I see you uh, posting up notices in there. So I'm so glad that you're uh, you're in so many places. You've availed yourself to so many of us, and thank you so much. This is uh, an absolute blessing to speak with you tonight. And I'm looking forward to the replay. I'm going to go back through and uh, and listen to all the wonderful gems and nuggets that that came out of this. Yeah, it's it's really fun. You guys are incredible, man. I mean, I'm only as good as as, as my uh, uh, my hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but once we get you lined up, we can just sit I, back I don't and enjoy think it. We're host. I, I, I take that back. 
You are you are the host. I think of the word parasite when I think of a host. So, <laughs> how about uh, sharing screen with a friend? Yeah, that that, that that works for me. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you, uh, and I mean that. No, thank Wait. you, man, and good night, everybody out there. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, Big love, everyone. Love you, lady. Big love, Rose. <laughs>